Hello, true believers, and welcome to another issue of Four Color Commentary, the continuing saga of four comic nerds and the books they love. Me, Alan. Me like meat. <laughs> uh, wow, what a vast wealth to draw on there. <laughs> me, me chewy. Me also like meat. <laughs> My name's Ian. <laughs> hey, Fred. Ooga booga. Uh, that translates to I'm right. I like how I was the go. only... <laughs> Caveman. You're Can the... you imagine that Barney Rubble with like really real cavemen? I don't know that is. I've never heard of that before. You never heard of Barney Rubble? No. Who? Who? What child knows what the Flintstones are besides what's on Fruity Pebbles? Uh, that's fine. They know them as the as, as the mascots of Fruity Pebbles. Yeah. I bet if I showed your son who loves Fruity Pebbles, he does love who is Fruity this? Pebbles. He'd be like, "That's the Fruity Pebbles." Wait, there's guy. a child out there that still likes Fruity Pebbles? Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, his like son Rice loves Krispie them. treats, but they taste like candy. But yeah. there's, oh, but there's not enough like twerking in Fruity Pebbles. Why would kids like them? No, the, oh, it's just dabbing. That's true. That it has it's to be. dabbing, right? Never and, mind. And I'm pretty sure that Fred Flintstone dabs. <laughs> There's a, there's a bowl of fruity pebbles in the crook of the in, arm. In the crook of the arm. Oh God! <laughs> it's a matter of time. Toast. Call us. It's I'm a not. matter of time until the tricks rabbit gets like back to just wearing like hipster clothing, and he just dabs when he gets his fruity uh, when he gets so, his tricks. Honestly, they could just bring back the '90s version of the tricks rabbit. Yeah, and it'd be cool again. Yep. I'm not, with I'm that not, backwards hat that his ears stick out of. I'm not long for this world. You guys maybe you're out of touch. I, maybe I'm out of touch. Out of step. No, no it's the office. kids who are it's wrong. It's the children who are wrong. He got there first. How yeah. did Ryan get there first? I don't know. I'm old. That scares I'm me. I'm old. Older. I'm getting old. My brain is disintegrating. Anyway. I've I told you, Ryan. Much, it, I've Ryan, had too much. Ryan, we've explained this, we explained this to you at dinner. You said, well, I'm older than you. Yeah, but you have children. Your mind is quicker because you have to deal with these little humans. I don't know if that's Chewie true. and I have to deal with Matt. Yeah. <laughs> He's on our level. Yeah, so we're not aging any better. We're we're, we're getting. We're not dumber. being challenged. We're getting enough. dumber by the minute. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having heard it. Um, hello, everybody. Believe it or I not, this is no a. Points. But, oh my God, have mercy on your soul. Uh, this is believe it or not is a show about comic books. Uh, I, I don't know you wouldn't get that from that opening about breakfast about cereal, but here we are. Um, so I before mean, we... breakfast cereal is an important part of. There's comics. Sure, it's an important part of every balanced breakfast, yeah. including comics. I don't know. <laughs> Wow, I had I was I was really how's that uh, how's that stand up act? I was really coming? really sharp like two hours ago, like when like the ca- the caffeine had kicked in, and then uh-huh. since then we've had fast food. <laughs> I- I'm slowing down, man. I'm I'm the arteries the arteries <laughs> that, that, that provide yeah. blood to your brain have been clogged by all the Taco Bell clogged by meat substitute, <laughs> some sort of meat product and cola syrup. So uh, you can, if, if you still have all your facilities in order, you could reach out to our show. Uh, there's a really easy way to do that, and it's by going to stuffandthingsnetwork.com. Click on the four-color commentary artwork, uh, and you can uh, listen to all of our old episodes there on the website. You can also uh, subscribe if you like what you hear on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Uh, you can also reach out to us on social media. We have Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, uh, and Instagram there. Uh, as well as you can also email us. There's a contact us button on the front page of the website. Click on that, fill out the form, and shoot us an email. So all of that at stuffandthingsnetwork.com. So like good old Smile and Stan Lee of Marvel Comics would say, every comic could be somebody's first comic. And we like to follow that mantra here in our show by introducing you to who we are and what we bring to the table uh, every single time we get together, every time we meet in the dark depths of the four-color fortress in the basement because they're still working on the upstairs after the incident. Um, so basement. Alan, yeah. as always, nope. 
Okay. Well, Chewy, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Alan, as always, I ask you the eternal no, question, man. the un- unanswerable, the only thing that keeps the universe together. Who are you and what gives you the right left? My name is Alan. I like a lot of things, but webcomics and manga seem to be my niche, so I try to bring those sometimes. Seem to be. Hush, you. Uh, I also draw things. (laughs) Seem to be. All right. I seem to like Star Wars. Do you guys guys know that about me? That I seem to like it? Take two. You can find me on the internet at Marginally Talented, M-R-G-N-L-Y Talented, on the Twitters and Instagrams, where you can see where I draw things, because when I draw things, I put them there. Uh, and that's why you'll know that I'm really into art and panel layout and the uh, the things about comics that really are kind of boring to other people, but I find really interesting. Uh, so that being said, if your art is good or your panel layout is weird or, or experimental, then I will most likely want to read your book. I'm Chewy. Hi. This is me. This is who I am. This is who you're with for a little while. Um, You can find me on the internet at Chupacabra, C-H-E-W-P-A-C-A-B-R-A. Reasons to find me on the internet and talk to me would be because you want to talk about some music. You want to talk about some comics, maybe. Maybe that's why you're listening to the show. Uh, If you do want to talk about comics, uh, we might see it eye to eye if we're talking about some sort of like, you know, like, people chomping in half sort of prehistoric monster or some sort of savage land creature getting its head blown off only to be resurrected. Basically, uh, if you're ever reading a comic book and you think to yourself, man, that's metal, that's a chewy book. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Ian. You can reach out to me on the internet at, at irich. That's at I-R-I-T-C-H. Uh, why might you want to do that? Well, if you like superheroes and you like talking about the upcoming movie, Avengers Infinity War, and all the excitement surrounding it. Uh, that's the, the kind of things, all the toys. Uh, all the if, toys. If, you like, if you like Marvel and DC and Star Wars and theme parks, reach out to me on the internet. Uh, I tend to be uh, lean a little bit more towards story in my book. So even if the art isn't as, uh, as stellar as I'd like it to be, if the story is really good and it hooks me that way, uh, I'm more likely to keep reading a book. So I'm really more about story structure and the way that a book is uh, written uh, that way. So... That or I don't have a snappy, cool catchphrase, so I'm just gonna start saying "wiggly do" at the end of mine. <laughs> so "wiggly do," everybody, "wiggly do." Put it on the shirt. Put it on the front of the uh, the podcast now. It just yeah. says "wiggly do." Guess that's Great, the name of this episode. Follow "wiggly do" now. You you have a catchphrase. Everybody's got a catchphrase, but me. You know, you know who came up with our catchphrases? We each did. Yeah, and I came up with mine. "Wiggly do." <laughs> Right. Was that I looked two O's at, or one O? I looked at Chewy. Yeah, two O's, <laughs> it's like two poop. O's. Yeah. Like do. D-O-O. Like yeah, Scooby-Doo. Like do, but like... Like I, Scooby-Doo. I, I know. I'm just, I'm just clarifying. It's his phrase. Do. Yeah, wiggly-doo. That's it. That's my new thing. All it's right. my wubba lubba dub dub. It's it wiggly-doo. <laughs> hi, I'm Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hey, uh, hi. what's up? Hi, wiggly-doo. <laughs> what, what? You're using it wrong. Am I? Don't, I don't yeah. use your phrase. I let you say it. Uh, yeah, I like uh, weird comic books and literary comic books and um, science fiction and fantasy 
and I tend to kind of shy away from cape books sometimes, superhero books. Uh, I like comics as art, comics as literature. Boo, Wiggly Doo's better. That's fine. <laughs> I don't really care. Uh, I also like kid-friendly books, and I'm a dad. And uh, you can find me on the internet at Ryan Roop, R-Y-A-N-R-U-P-P-E. And if you want to hear about music, definitely follow me on Twitter. All right. Well, Schwingo Tingo, guys. That's the that's the new ending of that segment phrase. Oh we're gonna we're gonna have a whole bunch of new verbs <sighs> and words by the end of this. Nobody asked for this. No, but they all want it. I'm giving you. I'm like Steve Jobs. I'm giving the world things it didn't know it wanted. But now they, nobody's gonna start talking about Schwingo Dingo. It's the new thing. They're not the catchphrases we deserve but they're the ones that we need right now. Yeah, that's what you're getting. So uh, that is the four of us. And as I had mentioned, there are four sections of our show, uh, but we'll get to those as we go through them. So the first part of our show we always start off with is a little section called Here's My Issue. Uh, Here's My Issue is a part of the show where we each bring an individual comic book. Uh, We all read them, talk about them, come together, and and say what we liked and what we didn't like. It's like a comic book book club, as Ryan uh, loves me to say. Book, book, book. Um, so, uh, would you, would you prefer it? I say, keep saying comic book book club or come up with a new cool phrase. I love book book. Okay. All right. So you do like it the way it is. Yeah. All right. So, so change it. Tango wango. Not. No, no, that's here. a, that's a, that's a, a musical. That's wang. Event. That's wango tango. Yeah. Tango so, wango is a completely different Yeah. It's a thing. completely, it's, le- not it's, it's, it's a legally show. distinct. Yeah. Totally different thing. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so actually, believe it or not, funnily enough, we're going in the order that we we actually go Dog in when we flu. <laughs> we actually are going in the order uh, that our books come in uh, are the same order that we introduce ourselves. So Alan, you get to start. Oh, do I? Alan, it's is you. it my turn to talk? It's you. Are and you done making silly names for things? The, no, he's clearly not. At the not. sound of the shream, <laughs> that start was your lifted. review. That was lifted. Flip, drip, shream, go. <laughs> I quit. I'm done. (laughs) I don't know why this is making me laugh. You say the word of the day. Scream real loud. Wow. (laughs) Then the swami shows up. (laughs) Which is important because he has all the flea juice. Juice. All right. (laughs) Uh, A bunch of unmanly Michaels. (laughs) Gotta uh, sometimes just gotta turbulent juice. So All right, so a movie or a product? What is it? <laughs> All right, so uh, I brought a book that is neither a webcomic nor a manga, guys. What? <laughs> really on brand. Uh, but if you knew me, this is on brand for me. Like Disney's Dick Tracy. <laughs> Technically, <laughs> Touchstone Pictures, Dick Tracy. Uh, okay. We talked about that on an episode of Super Action Bros. It's I was not present for that one no. because nobody invites me to that show. You're more than welcome to come on anytime you'd like. Literally show not up. going to invite myself to something that's pretty lame. I, I just... Never mind. Let's stop fighting. Okay. Let's stop fighting. Let's hug. Yeah, you're right. right. I think the... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm watching him. I'm seeing continue. the gears turn in his head, and he, I'm just like, he knows what I'm going to try to come up yeah. with new words. All right, let's let's get it. Let's get on on point and on brand and stop using words except for wiggly do. That's the new one. That's All right, it. every other one is not. So I brought a book that uh, uh, is on brand for me because it involves dinosaurs, That's which true. is really like my thing. I think you've brought the most dinosaurs out of all of us, and there will true. be more. I will bring more dinosaurs. Good. Uh, uh, but this is a little different because it's dinosaurs in the 40s what? when there's a war going on. What? Uh, hey, remember when we read um, uh, 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 Frontier? Uh, DC, yeah. New Frontier? New Frontier. Remember when yes. we read New Frontier? There was a whole thing in the beginning about uh, soldiers and they fought dinosaurs. It was yep. great. Like, what if that was just a whole book mm. and that's this thing? Mm. 
Um, also, I'm in love with the name. Chewy, old-timey radio, the name. Half Past Danger. I love it. It's great. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, uh, Steven and Mooney are the only two names that I can find because there's no like intro page with their full names on it. Uh, so I'll have to find uh, the yeah, creators themselves. Weird, right? Created by Stephen and Mooney. <laughs> Mooney sounds like an old Stephen. It's oh, Stephen and Mooney. Mooney. It's a uh, IDW when we read number one. So basically, it is. <laughs> I certainly what? hope that the creator's name is just Stephen Mooney. Yeah, it's, because it looks like Stephen like, and Mooney. Though. I know it does, but the, the, the thing is, I thought the same thing. Looking at it, looking at the cover. Like, I figure, oh, it's two last names, but what if it is just one man? <laughs> and we're like, who are these two, dy- this dynamic duo creating this comic? It's me, Stephen Mooney. It oh, turns okay. out it's me. Yeah. <laughs> I just looked it up. Is it, Ste- is is it, it Stephen, Stephen Mooney? Mooney? Yeah, his name is Stephen Mooney. Yes. Great. Wow. If we ever meet Stephen Mooney, can we have him do two signatures? One that says, <laughs> Stephen. your pal Mooney. Stephen, and one that says, uh, like, all the best, Mooney. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I, actually saw, I actually saw a review a for guy. Uh, a phonogram book once that credited it and talked about Writer artist Gillen McKelvey. <laughs> nice. <laughs> anyway, uh, ex- so Alan, explain uh, yourself. So it is a it's a book about uh, World War Two times, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. clearing out the the South Pacific mm-hmm. Asian mm-hmm. Uh, region, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. it turns out they come across an island that has dinosaurs, but also <gasps> Nazis. And so they're really concerned about the Nazis. They should be more concerned about the dinosaurs. Well, I'm, I'm going to correct you there. Because <laughs> they run into the Nazis first, and they're like, what the heck? But the Nazis don't even see them because right. they're running like... Yeah, they're, they're from like far away. Yeah. They're and, running and, reconnaissance. And then later they run into the dinosaurs. Right. And then I think they're appropriately scared of the dinosaurs. Well, I just feel like they should have been more wary about giant lizards rather than tanks. In it's, this case, okay, all right. All I right. mean, also the Nazi, the Nazis have one of those. Uh, I, I know they have they have uh, swastikas on them, but they have uh, one of those patented Indiana Jones punching into blade Nazi killing planes. It looks like a B fifty two bomber, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. not. It's I don't even know it's like a B. No, it's not like a B fifty two bomber. It looks it's almost like a, like a stealth s- spaceship. Yeah. Like it's like a starship. It's that, a it's like a flying wing, right? Yeah, Ryan, yeah. you're you you yeah, know machines. It's the exact flying wing from Indiana Jones. Yeah, it's okay. the one where the guy's like, "Fight me!" and he's like, "I'm just gonna get in this plane." He's like, "No, nah, come it's down." Where Andy like, Williams from Every time I die fights uh, fights Indiana. So that's Jones. where Bronson. Go- yeah, <laughs> when Bronson Indiana, comes wow. out and fights. fights Indiana Jones. Um. So, Alan, yeah. this has some. This book has something for everybody at this table. Yeah, I feel like it's got dinosaurs. It's yeah. got Nazis. Yeah, it's got man ripping. It's got. It does have man It's got ripping. ninjas on, yeah. like a, like martial arts in it. It's it uh, it's got it's got it's it's got period appropriate racial slurs. It's, it's got, it does. It's, it's got everything. It's got dames. It's got <laughs> drinks. It's got, got a lot dinos. of There's a whole Stems a McBroad section. Uh, I was about to say, if you're really into Stems McBroad, she shows up again. She sure does. Um, so no, I I really I had a fun time with this comic. Um, I. I enjoyed its period accurateness, to be honest. <laughs> I know that some of the words in here are definitely not correct yeah. to say, but it is something that would be said in the 40s by a bunch of soldiers. I'm, so, like, Ian, I feel like you would. It, doesn't hold, it didn't pull punches. I feel like you really dig this aesthetic. Like I do. This, like, oh, yeah. 40s and 50s, oh, yeah. like, soldier the man, but this, also. The only way oh, this yeah. could have been better is if, like, Captain America or the yeah. Rocketeer was in it. Yeah. Uh, that's the only way. I mean, Captain America better. is basically in it. He's that big blonde guy who shows up with the lady. Right, at the bar. but yeah. I didn't see a red, white, and blue costume and a shield being sure. thrown. But at. his name is John Noble. Like, yeah. come on, yeah. that's fair. <laughs> he is Captain America. Yeah, I, yeah, but it, the costume does a lot and, for me, Ryan. I know then, it's and weird she's, to say, and she's very much 
Agent Carter. That's the only thing that bums me out about the Marvel movies is they never, they're never like, like in Spider-Man, they were like, oh no, it's the vulture. Like it's tombs. I'm like, no, he's the vulture. He's the vulture. He looks like a giant vulture. Yeah. Honestly. Loki's the only one they call by his name. I feel like, I feel like the fact that we haven't seen Captain America team up with Agent Carter and then fight dinosaurs. Yeah. Like the world is lost. Don't forget they bring Kato. Right? Yeah. They with bring Kato and Peter Quill. Yeah. I mean perfect. and and Marvel as we as we'll learn later has a perfect way to do Captain America and Agent Carter fighting dinosaurs. They have a whole island that's yeah. chock full of them. Exactly. The Savage Lands. Yeah, and just have like a Nazi outpost in the Savage Lands. That, that being would be said, a great yeah. great book. That being said, this is uh Call us Marvel. Uh this is sort of that book. It's it's it is Captain really, Marvel but with uh, way, but Agent way Carter more violent Captain and, America. And Captain Kato America. and Peter Quill are there and they're gonna fight Nazis and dinosaurs. There's a lot Apparently. more Captain America used words like this. There's a lot more blood <laughs> and or guts. Blood and or guts, which honestly I was not like I picked this off of a couple previews I saw. Uh-huh. Um also the second volume is called Half Past Danger <laughs> Dead to Reichs. Perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah. One of these times, I'm gonna have to bring the uh, what is the what's the name of the book? It's like a World War II but zombies book, but it's, it's called like, World War II but zombies. No, it's it's written by it's called Bri- Call of Duty. It's written by it's, it's yeah. written by Brian Johnson and drawn by Walt Flanagan, the dudes from uh-huh. Comic Book Man. It involves like them trying to like get all the no, it's not just zombies. It's um it's like monsters. They're trying yeah. to get all the classic movie monsters to help Perfect. resurrect Hitler. Oh, it's weird. That's weird. <laughs> I have I have all the issues of this. Oh man, I can, I gotta remember. I think it might be called War of the Undead. I think that might be the name of the book. That's pretty. That sounds um, familiar. Yeah, I'll have to bring that at some point. Maybe on Halloween, I'll have to remember that. Um, um, go ahead. I have a question. Yeah, is it possible in this day and age to draw a Tyrannosaurus Rex without having it be the Jurassic Park T Rex? No. And every time I, I wish, see a T Rex that was. doesn't, no, I am the opposite of you. Every time I see a T Rex that doesn't look like that, I go, "That T Rex is not on model with in my brain what I a T Rex is." Hey, man, the, I'm the opposite. I, if there is a dinosaur on this page that does not have feathers, it's immediately just garbage. I to said T Rex. Right? I didn't even talk about the raptors. <laughs> uh, hello, all theropods have feathers. That's how it works now. Okay. Even, even what if you want me to like, start making up more words? I'll do it. I'll do it in a hot second. <laughs> what if they have just like hidden? I will have letters. one wake you up in an airplane by saying your name. <laughs> <laughs> you just see a raptor in your dreams and you go wiggly do. <laughs> oh no! How did he turn into a dinosaur? That catchphrase spitting dinosaurs on you. <laughs> that actually brings up a good point, though. Ian, Not because- the mama. <laughs> Because I feel like uh, this book has a lot of that Star Wars syndrome that we talked about the other night. Okay, how so? Like uh, a lot of the faces look like they were referenced specifically yeah. for that. Race. I mean, yeah, the, the 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 art in this. The I mean, but here's again, I don't mind because I like when T Rexes look this way because in my brain that's what a oh, T Rex looks like. They yeah, could, they could show me scientific evidence proving me wrong, but I'd be like, no, that's not what a T Rex looks like. But Steven I wasn't Spielberg. Talk, I wasn't talking about dinosaurs specifically. The people yeah, too. I think yeah. the I think the people in the backgrounds are very referenced. Which is fine. I mean, let's be real. I couldn't I, do it. Uh, yeah. But but yeah, there there is. Sort I mean, of Stephen that. Mooney, prove us wrong. If we're wrong, call us liars. Tell no, us. No, I'm not saying. No, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. No, we're not either. I'm just saying if we're wrong, just be like, nope, I didn't do that. Be like, oh, cool, thanks. I didn't. I didn't know. That's what I'm. I'm just. I'm giving the right. author the right there's, to call us out if we're wrong. There's a little. Uh, for me, a, a little bit of kind of this uncanny that. valley situation yeah. going with it. Yeah, there's a that. couple of panels where it breaks away from that that I really enjoyed actually, where he's up 
up in the tree, just kind of like scared witless. Mm -hmm. And his eyes are just dots. Yes. And you don't expect it to go that simplistic and that iconic with the art, you know, like Tintin eyes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think it kind of works because it just shows like, hey, man, this guy's completely out of his element. He goes from being like the grizzled, like they said, like. Uh, he knows these islands like the back of his hand and like there's nothing that'll get past him. He knows what he's doing. And this is the one situation where he really doesn't know what he's doing. And he like physically looks different, which is, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I, I think, um, yeah. Yeah. He's Irish, but he's not a vampire. I so. do. I do like that. It, it, it From plays Preacher, very Preacher pulpy man. and very um, oh super pulpy. Stereotypical is not the right word, but like archetypal archetype. Yeah, very archetypical. Uh, archetypical archetypical is that a word? Is it yeah, archetypal? you just used it. Archetypal. Okay. Right up there with wiggly do. Yep, that's right. It's my new word. Arch- that's my that's my smart sounding catchphrase. Arithmetical. No, it just like it, it hits all the points that you'd want to see. It's like a bunch of different types of stuff combined together. Obviously, there's dinosaurs and there's like Nazis and there's and there's like a whole part in here where there's like martial arts and a bar and there's like a ninja type dude so it's like got all the the, keto it's got all the points that you would want to hit but that normally don't go together but it's like a cigarette from a homeless dude peanut butter and chocolate like it's it it hits all those points of like yep this is everything that i'd like to see in a book about this like if you're gonna go ridiculous world war ii why not add dinosaurs and let's add some ninjas and Uh, i definitely feel like they are one page away from just giving this dude a jetpack and going, all yeah, right, I'm, well, I'm ready for the robots to show up. That's the only thing so that, far it, that it's like missing. it's a bad thing. I didn't say no, no, no. Mind, it's what not. I really I would love to it. see the Rocketeer fighting again. The Rocketeer is the only thing that I'm missing. Or from his, his friend, the Tesla robot. Yeah, atomic <laughs> robo. Yeah, that, I was oh, going to say that's a good point. It is very atomic robo-y in that sense. Like it just doesn't not have a robot silly. or a jet. No, and I'm saying, but it doesn't have a robot or a jetpack. But everything else is like it could. Very easily. And then maybe it will. Stephen Mooney, are you listening? Stephen and Mooney, are you listening to us? You two? You two separate entities? <laughs> I like to imagine Stephen writes it and Mooney does the art. <laughs> that's like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde scenario. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, but he refers to himself and what's what person. He has really contentious story meetings where he's If you're on Twitter, Stephen Mooney. And- <laughs> if you're on Twitter, Stephen Mooney, and you're somehow hearing this, <sighs> and we're right on, and we got your secret identity you and can reach out to process. us. We'll, be, we'll, be, we'll, we'll, we'll keep your secret. I'm yeah. just going to change your identity. Full on tweet this episode at him and be like, look, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, this is my fault. I didn't do the proper research. I'm sorry. I, I, I would have liked, I never thought I'd say this. I would have liked a little bit more Nazi in this book. Like, yeah. like where the dinosaurs were, they're like, hey, look, extra, you know, extra, read all about it. Chewie, Chewie wants Nazi more Nazis. Nazis. Uh, no, Chewie just wants more Nazis getting their heads cracked. Well, here's what I would. Ryan what, agrees with Chewie's want for more Nazis. <laughs> Ryan. I do agree that Chewie Ryan wants more Nazis. Chewie is for more Nazis. Um, no, I don't want that. Um, but where, where they're like, oh, well, you got to figure the Nazis know you about want these evil, dinosaurs. You want to see more evil being yeah. punished. Yeah. Uh, you would think the Nazis imagine, have also experienced the dinosaurs. I right, imagine right. And, that. Well, my fear is the Nazis know about yeah, the dinosaurs. No, that's so there's that's, a video game like that yeah, where like Nazis say. and dinosaurs, like it's like Nazi Nazi dinosaurs, where like yeah. you're a dude with a gun. It's, it's bizarre. I don't remember the name of the game. It's like it's what weird. they say in here. He's like, oh, you know the the Nazis know about it. So I figured it would have been cool to have like a like I don't know a panel where you see like a Nazi riding a T-Rex maybe mm. or, or something like that. Or, you know, I, I don't know, but maybe we're going to get more of that later on where they weaponize the uh, dinosaurs. And that's okay too. I like yeah. the promise of it. The name of the yeah. game, by the way, is Dino D-Day and it oh. is Nazi dinosaurs, oh, <laughs> Nazi man. bread, 
dinosaurs. Are there right. are there good guy dinosaurs too? I don't think so. I think you're just like an American fighting Nazis and dinosaurs. Riding a rhinoceros. Uh, I don't think you're doing that either. But there's definitely. Uh, I looks, think they refer to it as a Reich looks to be of a, tri- no. a, a right. Yep, yeah, it looks like a triceratops with like a Panzer tank on it. Oh, this aggression oh, yeah. will not stand, man. That's you're right, Ryan. You should download this game and. Kill all those Nazi dinosaurs. Uh, right, would you get the rage? Uh, I like they do some really experimental things. He does some really experimental things with the panels, especially when uh, they're being attacked by the yeah. by the T Rex. We see like a big splash page of the T Rex gronking out of the uh, out of the trees, and then great then it, word. It it just says it right on there. I know. Gronk. I'm just saying, like that's a great word. Gronk. Uh, and, and then it just the next couple of panels are like these crazy slash panels as if they the panels themselves are the attack of the dinosaur and it really puts you off kilter and it makes it really yeah. really dynamic uh, and I really liked that in the book that was one of my favorite bits of the art um, and and besides that it's the colors are it says really really earth tones which also feels very sort of like vintage and throwback especially when you get like close up on the dinosaur that dinosaur is made out of all half tone dots yeah. uh, and so it really it really brings home the like vintage aspect of this book uh, which i which i really appreciated and i really like the way he inks too uh, yeah. like if you look at the hair look at like the jackets and stuff uh, the inks are really dense and it's really it it reminds me of uh, again sort of that that throwback style of like the like 1940s wo- soldier comics yeah, I agree. It definitely feels like it's got that uh, that old timey newspaper feel to it. A couple of uh, funny pages, maybe. Old yeah. timey. <laughs> yeah, put your hands in front of your mouth. Old timey newspaper. Extra, extra. Read Ex- all about it. Extra, extra. Alan mentions modern newspaper as old timey. <laughs> Read What's now. Not? Newspapers are old, old timey. Let's be real. In the, in the time that I'm making jokes about, they would have been the modern form of news conveyance. Actually, the radio would have. No, been. yeah. Okay. I do so think that uh, depending on who you are, so the we're, um, doing. we're doing the radio. The the archetypal characters may get a little flat, or yeah. they may come off as flat. Yeah, I think they're basically ciphers in this issue. That nobody has any sort of actual characterization. It's more just like, hey, it's this guy. It's the tough guy. Yeah. It's the guy who knows everything. It's the lady who's in control of the entire situation. Yeah, uh, it's the but, muscle, I, yeah. but it's the first issue. So yeah. you're just sort of like putting the players on the table. And I feel like the next issue is the one where we actually start putting the action in motion. Because this ends with they're all together. Something's going to happen. We know mm-hmm. dinosaurs exist. And also Nazis are a thing. I really like it. I had yeah, a lot I think of fun it's a really good setup yeah. for a story. I remember just flipping to that last page, being like, "Oh, that's I need, I need more." Yeah, <laughs> I need I need to see what happens next. So, Alan, where can people find out what happens next? Um, it is available on Comicsology and wherever fine comic books are sold. Uh, like I said, it's IDW. So, um, I think the first six issues, so the first trade is out, um, and then they're working on the second one. Um, yeah, this book came out in 2013, <clears throat> so it's yeah. been out for a few years. It, I swear it only has the two volumes, though. Well, oh, it's one guy doing all the work. It yeah. takes yeah, time. Takes That's a comics, time. comics take time. Anyway, I highly recommend it. Awesome. All right, Chewie, I believe you are next. Yes. Tell us I about am your book. I the one who is next. <laughs> um, I brought a book called Oblivion Song, issue number one, out on Image uh, Skybound uh, by Robert Kirkman and Lorenzo Ooh. de Felici. Um, it basically chronicles... Uh, one man's crusade to save those that we thought were lost forever from Cronenberg earth. Exactly. From Cronenberg earth or oblivion. 
That's yeah. what they call it. It's what they call it. But it's it, basically but... Cronenberger. Yeah. Let's, let's be real. So that that's it, it all happened one day. Just Philadelphia just disappeared into oblivion. And no one really knows why. And we were getting bits and pieces here at the beginning. And um, we start with a nice little chase scene. I enjoy the one trope that this book subverts really, really well. Mm. Um, and it actually provides for the a good end of issue hook, which is spoiler alert. If you haven't read the issue, stop the podcast and read this. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the spoiler good. alert. It's good. Um, but the spoiler thing alert. I f- you would figure in a typical like a typical story like this, it's like I yeah. lost my wife. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking for my wife in this altar. She was in Philadelphia, and it's yeah. not that. It's like. I'm looking for my brother. Yeah. It's a story about, it's, it's a story that begins, at least seems to be just two brothers, two brothers, two, but, two but, brothers. but I just like, you know what? I like that. It doesn't that do show. that trope. Yeah. Like yeah. I like that it goes for a different perspective well, than the typical romantic. Yeah. Thing. It's and like I feel like Kirkman at this point has kind of like, he's, he's dealt a lot with the, I'm looking for my wife type of a situation. I actually didn't know that this was written by Robert Dead. Kirkman until just yeah. now. And now that I read that, I'm like, this puts a lot of things in perspective as far as yeah. how the story goes. Um, I also really enjoy the end hook because it's like, he's right there. Let's, let's find, it's like, we don't have to wait five issues to know what's going to happen. Now we are, we instantly know now going forward. The stage is set. Well, it yeah. actually sets up a whole different conflict. Yeah. But his brother doesn't want to come back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I think is a really good way to hook somebody. Like I'll, I'll be honest. Like after this, I was like, I haven't, I always look at the books that we read and I always go, oh, that'd be really cool to read more. But this one, I'm like, I think I'm going to actively search it out. Like, I want yeah. to read more one of this. brand new. So that, that helps. So you can't do that yet because no. there's only the one issue. But, like, I instantly want to read more of this because I found it very, very uh, appealing. I found it very, very, um, the, the story hook was there for me. Um, and I really enjoy that. I, I, I even feel this conflict as looking at this guy as a character. Is, is he doing this just for his brother? Right. Or is he really doing it because he thinks this is the right thing to do? And it's not right to leave all these, abandon these people just because it's not easy. Actually, the way that they wrote it, I really feel like it was both. Yeah, and everybody is, was just not yeah. giving him the chance to like. To say like, no, no, it's not just my brother. Like, yeah, that's a benefit. I mean, what he should have said was, yeah, it's about my brother, but we can also do a lot of other stuff and save all these other mm. people. Right. Well, and that's and that, a chance, that's yeah. a nice character thing is he's a stubborn guy. He's like, no, I'm. he can't admit to himself that at least a part of this is about his brother is mostly about his brother. And the other part is, but it's the right thing to do anyway. Right. Um, I, I like that. There's that stubbornness in his character. Um, so I, I really uh, spoiler alert. I really dug this a lot. Um, I also like that he would deface that mural, that monument. I mean, I thought that was a really nice touch. Actually. Oh, that was really yeah, it's kind cool. of a cool idea. It's like he's like, well, nope, this person isn't lost. They're still around. Yep. Um, it's almost like it's almost like at least in this world, I don't mean this for real monuments that mon- that, that that do this for people who actually have lost. But in this world, it's almost like this is the this is this world's government failing them and so i'm going to stick it to them by putting this on this national monument yeah, to show exactly everybody is, i know yeah. but like i like that concept in this world i like that it's like somebody who won't give up and i like he's like i love when the when she when she goes uh when the girl when the girl goes like we all know it's you who's doing it please yeah. stop it's like no it could be somebody else no it's you yeah. we all know it's you what if it's not but it is <laughs> but what if um I really with with the hook of of his brother um him him looking for his brother um I really enjoyed that it's not just like well because I lost my family but uh, it's specifically because he feels guilty because of the way like they weren't on good terms when it happened yeah so it in that sense it really does 
furthermore asks the question of, okay, selfish because you want to find your brother or selfish because you don't want to feel bad about yeah, cause you want what closure, you said. Right, yeah. Right. You know, like, oh, you don't want to leave things like a jerk or whatever. Um, I think this book does a lot to set up mm-hmm. a lot of story here because you, you've got, okay, what happened to Philadelphia? Why did this happen and all that stuff? Which, by the way, can I cut in real quick? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the premise <laughs> of like just that one area becoming like Cronenberg Earth, that's awesome. Like yeah. I think that's awesomely original to the point where I've seen things get close to that, but they always kind of... They always go in a different direction, and this one just deals directly with that being. Yeah, uh, actually, being the, the one thing I wasn't clear is like, this isn't on Earth anymore. It seems like it's not right. It, well, they, they call it a different use, dimension. Yeah, that's why he yeah. has to use the weird things the to travel back and thing. forth. Yeah, I thought that was just like a teleportation thing. I, I thought it was he was teleporting no, someplace then, else. Because then somebody says yeah. something about weakening the fabric of reality by jumping back and forth. Huh. Yeah, they they mention interdimensional later. travel. Yeah, they mentioned something about that. Cut you off? What were you saying? Yeah, they mentioned something about that, and they also mentioned something. Yeah, about that, and they're like, like it's some foreign like area. So there's like sicknesses and diseases that we're not aware of. It, it's it, I, I got the vibe that it was like transported someplace else. Oh, yeah, I missed that. I guess it, it seemed that Philadelphia was <laughs> to be fair. Away. I didn't catch that it was Philadelphia. I must. I didn't either. I must, I didn't I must have gloss over that. Yeah, yeah, I thought um, it was New York. No, no, that was just. Any town, USA. <laughs> nah, it's Philly. Don't let don't let the people of Philly hear you say that. Are there like cheesesteaks on a page of the master? No. The, and the Eagles the just won just a Super joking, Bowl, and now their that's whole city's in another um, dimension. So it, it sets what if up that's the question of like, <laughs> yeah, oh man, the Eagles won. <laughs> well, time to change dimensions. Oh, there it is. Nothing to no, do here anymore. No need for us here anymore. No, no. Um, so it sets up the question, like, what happened? How did it happen? Uh, we have the whole, you know, story that I'm sure Kirkman's going to, you know, peel back layers of the onion to of, you know, uh, the government losing its funding and how that eventually fell apart. Uh, we have the interpersonal story and conflict uh, between him and his brother with he wants to find them, you know, and, and what happened, what, what exactly was it that they, that he felt that they left wrong. Um, his conflict with, um, that lady, I don't know if she's his wife or girlfriend or, or what, or whatever. Um, but you know, obviously they're on opposing sides. She's, you know, with the government and he's kind of anti-government. You have that aspect of it. You also set up the stuff with like the fanatics that are like, no, that like, you know, Philadelphia got transported to hell and he's bringing them back. And what does that do? You have the whole biological aspect of it with like, who knows what bacterias might be there and how it could affect us. We have that scientist guy who apparently came back from oblivion and how he has this weird kind of like homesickness sort of thing for it. And he keeps having these flashbacks, but maybe it's a result of him being scratched. We don't know his demeanor before he got scratched. We just know that since he got scratched, he's kind of like a little bit more on edge. Um, so we get, and then yeah, the faction that lives over there, and it seems kind of like they were like, we got to stay here and protect well, they ourselves. They seem to be kind of mutated at this point. Yeah, they seem to be a little bit mutated, and those people were apparently supposed to be spies and bring him back to them, but they left. So then, why are they leaving? If you know, so there's a lot of threads here that that Kirkman's leaving exposed, and knowing how he writes, you know, it's. It's, it's going to be the long game. Yeah. But that being yeah. said, Kirkman also has the ability to like take a perfectly good idea and and sort of just 
for me, he has he has the ability to twist it in such a way that I guess humanitarianly speaking, if that's a word, it, it sort of becomes difficult to read. Like, oh, he took that in such a weird, dark place that I don't really want to find out what happens next, but he'll just keep running with it and running with it. And I feel like that's kind of what he's setting up to do. I, I, I just can't help but think like somebody like Brian K. Vaughn writing this book would definitely dive into a little more of the world building, but Kirkman could definitely go the more human, uh, human, uh, human story. Yeah. And it could get real weird real fast. And so I guess if you're a Kirkman fan, that's something to look forward to, but I'm not always of that opinion. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this one sets up a lot of, a whole lot of human drama really initially in, and I think it works. I think it, this might be like, I could see the world building coming sort of after the fact or incidentally for this. Um, but, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of want to know why and, and how and what happened. And, yeah. and you're right that Kirkman tends to not, which is not necessarily a bad thing. No, like, it, it can be fun to have mystery, Yeah, but at the same time, sometimes you, you want to know how the, how the bread is made or whatever. Right. I, I, I don't think that that's actually a phrase that people use. As a, as a <laughs> catchphrase. Ha <laughs> ha. Caught him. That's fine. Um, <laughs> Uh, but but yeah, I really like the art in this. Oh book a gosh, lot. it's amazing. It's it's like unsettling and gorgeous simultaneously, and everybody's faces look grizzled and old, but also really cartoony. All everything at once. is super dynamic with like the big thick um, lines. You can tell that the colorist had a lot to work with, blank space wise. Oh yeah, and it just went to town. Yeah, the colors just went, went ham. It, it was basically just a just a like a big coloring book. But the faces are so expressive and everybody moves so dynamically and the environments are gorgeous too. The environments are what really drove me to like this thing specifically. Um, as far as panel layout goes, it's pretty basic. It's just a lot of squares. But um, I think that the movement between panels, uh, like it's it's real good sequential art. As well, well, yeah. And, and like, <clears throat> you, you know, Kirkman knows how to write it, has knows how to write a good comic book, a dynamic, exciting comic book. Uh, and clearly... Um, D. Felici knows how to draw. Yeah, and to the point where I'm gonna look him up and see if he's on Instagram real quick. I, I did like. Um, there's a couple times where the panel layout does kind of break the maybe not the mold. It's still a simple layout, but he uses kind of uh, open uh, panels uh, uh-huh. and some negative space, and he kind of uses them for personal moments, which is interesting um, because typically. You know, that's going to be something that's closed off, but here it's opening up like where he's drinking at the bar. It's just his, his silhouette against a white background. You have the thing uh, in the courtroom where he just feels defeated and he's mm-hmm. sitting there in the courtroom by himself, just no one around, just having a quiet moment. There's no borders there. Um, and then you also have it after he's talking with the scientists about the Oblivion song. Yeah. Um, and he's leaving. Which was him. awesome. Yeah, he, he's yeah, leaving him. And he's cool. like, good luck over there. And he's not saying anything. He's just standing there. And then finally he goes over and you have a bunch of panels with no dialogue, no sound effects. And he finds that dead body and takes the denture mold from him. And then that panel where he's just sitting there waiting and it's just completely open on the background um, kind of has that. You, you just imagine he's just listening to the quote unquote Oblivion song. So I thought that was kind of cool. You know, you get a little bit of like in their headspace with that. I, I really mm-hmm. like the character design for him because he wasn't necessarily like the the chiseled hero. He just looks like a weathered, like he's tired. 
Like he just has like bags under his eyes. He's like, it looks a little bit emaciated, like in the face. He just looks like he's tired, but he won't yeah. stop. So that just, that speaks to what Ian was saying, the stubbornness of his character. It's like, even though it's taking a toll on him, he's just doing it nonstop. So, uh, Felicia has done a couple different covers, like for Manifest Destiny and Kill the Minotaur. He did a cover for that. He did an Invincible cover, Birthright cover, Walking Dead, obviously. Um, I'm not seeing like... Yeah, I, I just it looks like this is his first like North American, at least, sequential art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but everything that he... Like all these samples that I'm looking at, he has a very distinct style, which is... It, it, it sounds weird, but it sound, it looks like grown-up webcomics, yeah. if that makes sense. He's got like the big, thick outlines, and everybody's just a little... A little cartoony, but his anatomy is really on point, and it's all very visceral too. Mm. And and then I'm uh, all about it. And then the colorist is Annalisa Leone, uh, so shout out to her. Her colors look fantastic. The colors are amazing yeah. in this book. The colors. <laughs> um, so th- this is a brand new, brand spanking new book. It came out uh, last week, so it's just on issue one. I would I. I I love this type of story, you know. I, I mean, I'm a fan of The Walking Dead, and so the what? human, the human story, yeah. and let's let's kind of maybe not focus so much on the zombies, but let's talk about how the dra- the drama that occurs from it. The, um, the walkers, the walkers. Um, so I, I urge everyone to go pick it up. Um, issue one is out there now. Brick and Morty. Uh, There's a very it. good chance it's going fast. Yeah, it's yeah. A Kirkman book. Exactly. It's you get it digitally as well. Um, so it, it's brand spanking new. Go get it. Get get read up. So you're ready to to spank issue two. Spank, spanking, brand spanking new. <laughs> well, who's who thought you should? Sp- oh, because the baby's baby. Never mind. I got it. I put oh, it all yeah, together in my head as I was saying it. You know their lungs work. <laughs> I ru- I rubber ducked myself. <laughs> quack quack, Mr. Ducksworth. I don't get it. What? I don't. I don't know what's going on. What's the next book we're going to talk about? I know. It's no, Ian's I, need, book. I need to know what is what's this? The rubber ducking yourself. I'm, I, I'm. Oh, you guys don't know. Rubber, are you kidding me? Okay. I, I don't know where Maybe they're I old. Know what it is. They're old, Alan. That's fair. Don't forget. Uh, rubber ducking is a programmer term where if you can't figure out why your code is going wrong, you put your little rubber ducky out and you go, "Okay, Mister Duck, this line says this, which means this line says this." And because you're saying it out loud and you're going through it, you're talking it out and you're working it out. And therefore, you go. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. And I you fix your don't code. think this is a real thing. No, I know. I, I know some it's programmers. It's definitely a real thing. I know some programmers, and they're too introverted it's, to even talk to a toy that's, duck. That's a lie. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So I I did, that, I did that. I did that to, uh, to all the programmers. I know. I did that to somebody at work the other they day. I'm like, to me. hey, can you help me with this? This thing is doing this thing. Never mind. Thanks for over ducking for me. <laughs> She's like, I know what that means. Interesting. I never, yeah. I've never heard that phrase before. Yep. That's great. Basically, when you work it out uh, just by talking to yourself. It's good to have a friend. Um, so, uh, yes, I think it's my turn. Friend. Friend. Oh. Uh, so I brought, it's the DC time in my rotation. Smart. So I brought a classic DC book. Uh, I was racking my brains. I normally try to bring like newer stuff or this and that, but I wanted to bring something classic that we could read uh, that could be a first prince, but uh, forget it. I wanted to bring in here. So uh, I brought Superman Annual number 11. I didn't want to bring Batman. I wanted to bring a Superman book because I don't see those as much. 
Um, and this is uh, lovingly known as in the title of the story is For the Man Who Has Everything. Uh, it's written by uh, the Watchmen team of, uh, or uh, the wall, it's written and drawn by the Watchmen team of Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons, respectively. Um, and it's a story that takes place on Superman's birthday. Uh, and uh, the story that tells us that even in a perfect world, Superman still has to have terrible conflict. Yeah, right. <laughs> in order to, in order to, just like the Matrix, in order to buy the simulation. There's got to be some sort of horrible family relationship, world-ending pro- proposition. Uh, I feel like Alan Moore is trying to tell us something because it's Alan Moore. Yeah. Uh, but the idea being that Superman is at his Fortress of <clears throat> Solitude and Batman and Robin and Wonder Woman are coming to help him have a great birthday. Because we're like, look, this guy doesn't know how to have fun. He's by himself. He's, he by, he's, in, he's in a place called a Fortress, Fortress of, of Solitude. Solitude, for God's sake. Um, and they find him with this weird plant on his chest that apparently uh, causes someone to be in this sort of living death where they are. Uh, it's like they, that Rob Zombie song, Living Dead Girl. Yeah, and uh, I'm trying to remember the exact name of the flower because I know that Mongol gives uh, it at some point. It's called Black... Um, black something. Something. Um, uh, let's see. Not Black Mirror. Black Mercy. A black, black Mercy. mercy. Uh, so but it could and, be called Black Mirror. And it's a, it's a flower that <laughs> when, it, it, when like this creature joke. flower thing attaches to your body, it basically paralyzes you, feeds off you, but gives you a beautiful wonder world, your perfect desire... Until uh, you die. Until you die. Yep. And so Superman is imagining a world where Krypton <laughs> didn't explode, and he's got a wife and some kids. Uh, so that seems pretty happy at first, but then it turns out uh, his, his dad voted for Trump. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> essentially. Um, and uh, so the story is two parts. It's the what's going on in Superman's alternate reality, as well as how are we going to help Superman get out of this because we can't beat this Mongol fella. So... Um, yeah, that's that's the story. This is a, a very celebrated Superman story. Uh, so I'm curious to know what you guys all thought of it. Man, oh, man this is my classic. first time reading it too. Really, this is your first time? I don't think uh, I've I'm, read this ten times. Yeah, before. I have not read. I've never this read before. this. Although it's, I did watch the Justice League I, Unlimited. I also version. watched the Justice League <laughs> Unlimited episode, which was better this. than this. There's also a Batman animated series version that's basically this also. Oh, with Batman. Yeah, with Batman instead of Superman, where the Really? The scarecrow has him trapped and is using her. I think there's also a Batman: The Brave and the Bold, where the psycho oh, you know, you're pirate talking has about him. the one with that's the it is a Batman the animated series version of it, but Batman's not the focal point. It's Batgirl's the focal point. Yeah, it's well, that's actually no, that's a dark version of it. That's yeah, like yeah. Batgirl there's dies. Several and Gordon's several like, versions and of this. That's a great episode. <laughs> that's a great. I, not, you're gonna make me go down that rabbit hole no. of. Gordon knows who Batman is. He's like, Bruce, you killed my daughter and I'm coming for you. Everybody in Gotham is... No, seriously. Everybody in Gotham is coming for you. And I'm telling all the villains who you are and there is a bounty on your head. (laughs) Run. Because you killed my daughter. I'm coming for you. There's a different episode of Batman. And it's incredible. It's a great episode. (laughs) Where where Batman is... Kill Alfred because he's defending him. It's great. It's like ultimate dark, darkest timeline. Awesome. (laughs) It's so good. Sorry. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I don't know. This is awesome. a it's it's sort of a classic de- uh, Alan Moore. Like, let's break things down. Let's comment on the ships uh, and and have fun with uh, with politics in the eighties, which are incredibly recursively very similar to politics in the mid two thousands, like we are, or the twenty teens, whatever we call this decade. Um, 
but yeah, it's a it's a pretty fun like deconstruction of a Superman story of like what would Superman's life be like if he weren't if if Krypton didn't go bad and he was living on Krypton. He was just sort of like a low level geologist. Yeah, married to a a former actress. I pr- I prefer to call. <laughs> I prefer to call him like Goggles Cal. He's got these cool glasses, walking around, having a good day. Except his dad's kind of a jerk. And, uh, it surprises uh, me that he's not a news reporter. Nope. Because, yeah, right? Because no, Clark Kent is a He news married reporter. a famous actress, and everyone's yeah. disappointed in him for doing that. Well, everybody's disappointed that he's not more exciting because he's he really likes looking at rocks. Yeah, he's Man, boring. Look at this rock. Chewie, did the alternate version of Superman make you like him more? I really enjoyed this book. Really? <laughs> I like genuinely like really I think enjoyed that, it. Yeah. Um, is it because I, you I, like to watch Superman cry as uh, his pretend yeah, son just went away from his memory forever? <laughs> no, that person <laughs> entire this entire world being oh. crashed. You're like, I love Superman's pain. Yes. Give me more. There's an episode of uh, Star Trek mm, Next your Generation. Your tears like are too. so yummy. Oh yeah, the, the the one with Picard where he it's lives that whole episode tears. of Star Trek. Uh, tears. That one's so mm, bad. Delicious. Um, no, I, I I don't know why there was something about it, and just knowing that Alan Moore did it, and and Batman says chum. Oh yeah, yeah oh, that was gives funny. that little, oh, yeah. that little creepy smirk. Batman smirk. Think, yeah. think clean thoughts, no. chum. But he's yeah. like, and, and that no, smirk is if to say, but warm. I'm not, because <laughs> I'm yeah. a, I'm a big boy. I'm oh. an adult. Yeah. You're Jason Todd. I, I found like you the, stealing it's, stealing tires off the Batmobile. <laughs> I, I I really can't explain why it is that I like this, um, other than it like. It's Superman's written by pain. Alan Moore. Superman's you know, pain. Because I'm I find that the things that we've read so far in the show that Alan Moore has written, I've been pretty like, yeah, on, on board with, you uh-huh. know? Um, I, I I don't know. I, it's just like, it, it's, I think what it was is like you had the whole thing with like Mongol and it wasn't like, it, it's like Mongol was just such a stupid guy. My favorite like, thing he, he about was, Mongol is that they created Darkseid in the DC. Universe. Right, right. And he's, and so then, in the Marvel universe, they're like, "Oh well, we need somebody like Dark Side. Let's make Thanos." Thanos. And then in the Marvel, yeah. in the DC universe, they were like too nearsighted to realize that Thanos was a reflection of Dark Side. They're like, "Oh, we need somebody like Thanos." <laughs> Mongol. Mongol, yeah. Jeez. Um, it, like Mongol was just so lame, but they're just like, "Okay, fine." Like this, this is just the ongoing thread. This, this is the framing device for the story we want to tell, which yeah. is what would his life be like without it. Um, I, I kind of like that. You know, Batman was just like thinking he's like well what should we do give me some gloves you know and he, he's just like thinking and jason todd's like like what what's going on here oh no i've never been here what what do i do gee whiz and then like wonder woman the whole time is just like all right rolling up the sleeves and just like going at it using that giant gun um I'm just gonna hit this guy as much as i can i mean I, I i think what i liked about it is um there was the the whole like uh, political like reference thing and the, you know uh, that that whole thing but because it was one issue and because it was half of the story or half of um half of half of the story essentially it, it didn't get too heavy and too complicated it got a little bit straight to the point and um it, it did kind of allow just for you to build a little bit more of Kal-El's uh, character and just be like, okay, well, he's essentially doing the same thing he does on Earth, but without flying around smashing things. Instead, he's just trying to like 
he's trying to protect his son. He's trying to protect his family. And um, he's doing the best where he's conflicted because he he doesn't want to lie to his son. But at the same time, he doesn't want to burden him. Um, And I don't know. There was just something about that that was really likable. And I I did like that, you know, once they're like, ah, we defeated Mongol. It's like, hey, but maybe Mongol had kind of a happy ending in a way. Like, he looks like he's having fun, as Robin says. Like, he looks like he's having a great time. He yeah, he like doesn't have any terrible 80s politics in his brain. Yeah. I think the reason... Yeah, he does. It's just Chewy, a, He's just a Chewy, hardcore dick kid who kills say, everybody he doesn't I'm like. I'm very impressed. It's the most terrible. Those are very valid points, and I'm very impressed. But that's not the reason why you like this book. You like it that Superman goes into a murderous Hold on, raid. hold on. Let the white man tell you what to enjoy and oh how God. to do it, oh. Chewie. Oh, no. Here we go. It has nothing to do with the color of my skin. Here it has we to go, do it entirely Chewie. with how I know Chewie. Chewie likes that Superman... He knows went, you better than you know yourself. I do. It's he, true. Superman went into a murderous rage and then said, mm. I'm going to throw this living being into a black hole because yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. You know that black hole? And he beats the stuffing out of him. Yeah. He also uses like heat vision. Also, yeah. also, uh, I'm pretty sure a little part of you had the same question that I had, which is when he picked up that real bottled city of Candor. Yeah. Or is that a, another a, another fake like, bottled city of Candor? Yeah. I, I wasn't quite sure on that because I'm not sure what the DC continuity was at this time. But I like to imagine it's the real one and that he causes this massive earthquake <laughs> when he fast moves it. But no, I, I imagine it's probably the fake one. A yeah, fa- from what she says one. that it's already been enlarged. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I imagine oh, either... maybe he reshrunk it. He got tired. He well, my, thought, my, my thought was yeah. maybe A, that didn't happen. But then I thought, nah, it seems weird. It's probably like... That, and then I put it together like, oh, no, he's probably already got one of these things. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> I know that your dad's back to life now, but I know you really missed that urn on your uh, on your on your uh, <laughs> over your fireplace. Yeah. So I, I got like, you another one. I like to imagine that Wonder With Woman dirt got in it. that last year, <laughs> yeah, and, and like didn't think about exactly. it. And when she asked the jewelers to make it, they were like, "Uh, yeah, no, all Batman right." Got him a and they made it super fast. She's like, "Wow, that was wow! You made it so fast." And and Batman like, got him yeah. a flower. I also, yeah, I also like that Batman and his fantasy. It's not that the gun violence doesn't exist. It's just that it missed and it, it it didn't kill his parents. But it wasn't like we never went down that alley and instead we got ice cream. It was we were still mugged. <laughs> Again, well, we just survived. like the Matrix, but something has to ha- something bad has to happen slightly so your brain accepts the simulation. Yeah. My favorite bit is the part where Superman shouts Mongol. And the like words radiate yeah. from around yeah. Superman. It's just such a cool panel. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. saying this because like I see Dave Gibbons, man. Yeah, right. That's and that, so that, the that's, art in this book in general is, is fantastic. fantastic. It's I almost ha- like Dave Gibbons drew it. Yeah. Well, did. the thing is, oh, you don't see a lot of art. Like, at least not that. I mean, you see some pretty, some wacky stuff in Watchmen, but like for the most part, Watchmen is like the same nine panel structure over and over and over again in like a specific way. So it was, and that's considering the thing when I first think of Dave Gibbons, what I think of in my head, it's nice to see him doing something that's not that. So something that is, is still his art, but it strays in panel layout. It it has wacky stuff like that, where yeah. it's somebody shouting Mongol, it takes the whole page and, and, and he deafens Robin for life. <laughs> it's okay. He'll be, he'll be dead in a few years anyway. It doesn't matter. It's funny. I have this collected in a trade of other, uh, uh, Alan Moore DC work and and I feel like over the years uh, it's gotten to the point where I actually prefer it when Alan Moore doesn't have free reign I like it mm-hmm. better when he has limits and he's playing with somebody else's toys mm-hmm. uh, because even even though it doesn't allow him to go all the way to the 
Alan more extremes, which he can get to. Like it's it's almost better because the limitations make him kind of be more creative. And this is definitely funnier than than a lot of other Alan Moore work, at least Alan Moore work that we've read. Basically, on this. it keeps him from getting up his own butt. Yeah, it really keeps him from from getting too far up there, uh, and and he has a lot more fun with it. Oh well, hey Siri, apparently, had to, Siri wanted to chime in. Apparently, she, she, she really likes Alan up Moore. Her own butt. Yeah, uh, it's it's cool. So. It does kind of, I think, put him on the back foot and force him to think outside. But the but Alan it's Moore in box. like the story's really really creative. I really yeah. like the his version of Krypton and like the uh, even the battle and stuff like that. It's it's a it's a pretty knockdown drag out battle. Yeah, uh, Ian, did you see the owl bear in the menagerie? No, is there's there, an owl bear in there's there. There's an owl bear in there. Hold on, it's oh, uh, let me figure out what page it's on. When they're fighting in the menagerie, it's in the bottom left corner. Oh, page 29. Okay. Let's find it. Hold on. I just went past it. Yep, there it is. It's an owl bear. What is that a reference to? It's a D&D Dungeons creature. And Dragons. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's an owl bear. All right. I'm like, oh, look at that. Dave Gibbons plays D&D. <laughs> I mean, probably. Or Alan Moore does. It was corrupting. It was corrupting. This was, this is, hey, man, this was the popular time for D&D when it was corrupting children into jumping off the World Trade Center. (laughs) It's just, it was just Tom Hanks. Oh, just Tom Hanks. Oh, that, well, actually, no, that was Dungeons and Dragons. That was uh, Mazes and Monsters. Yeah, because uh, they couldn't get the license. A similar yet yet legally distinct distinct game. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this is a, it's a really fun story. I really like. Uh, I, I've found I, I really like weird twists on classic characters almost better than like the straight stuff, the like normal, like we're actually telling the story. It's like, <laughs> you know, let's let's have a moment where, where Superman and Wonder Woman are like, how come we never got together? And, yeah. And it's like, oh, well, it's too obvious. It's too obvious. It's like it's like Alan Moore. It's like, look, I'm going to comment to all the people who are writing slash fiction right now. Let's just. <laughs> yeah. I think it's dumb. Because it's too it's too obvious. It's and then, of course, it became fiction. canon like t- like 30 years later. 1985? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Dude, if, if you're not familiar with the like history of fandom and the history no, of, I know, but of slash how, fiction and stuff like that. I mean, I'm they, sure it existed. It, it, it existed in photocopies and mimeographs that got passed around. Sure. Yeah. No, sure. And, and I, you'd, I you'd, like... you'd be part of a, of a club and you would get a monthly zine in your, mm. in your physical mail with stamps. Mm. I like Aleister Crowley here. Yeah. Pretty, <laughs> yeah, right. Sort pretty of sweet cameo. Yeah. Man, I want them cool guy get goggles. Those goggles are great. I want oh, some, uh, so yeah, this is Kryptonian a, fashion is incredible. Um, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. I'm you know what I like I like bringing books where you guys like them for a change. It's fun. Yeah, don't get used to it. Where uh, can you find this, Ian? Uh, anywhere DC Comics are. Look, throw a rock. <laughs> uh, yeah, they they collected it and recolored it pretty recently. Um, and they have a there's a Alan Moore there's there's you can get a. Alan Moore's work in DC trade, or you can get a Alan Moore Superman trade. Like they're just, they know that, that Alan Moore is printing money. So uh, even though he doesn't get Alan any Moore money is from printing it. money. No, no. Like selling Alan Moore stuff <laughs> is like on. printing money for DC. That sounds like something he'd do though with money with his face on it. Just oh, to yeah, like, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or snakes. And then he'd burn it. How many more <laughs> bucks it is it? To, it. <laughs> how many more bucks is it for like a coffee? You guys take more bucks here? What? <laughs> More bucks. bucks. That sounds <laughs> real. Too. Does that make him Daddy More Bucks? Uh, 
What's this reference to? You can't use that Simpsons. word. Only we can use that Simpsons. word. No, Simpsons. no, no it's not Warbucks. a reference to anything. I just thought it'd be funny if Alan Moore called his currency more bucks. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like Disney dollars. It's yeah. like a goofy it's, thing. It's like regular dollars, but you know, fun. fun. Mm. <laughs> I'll take uh, $1,500 worth. That's Simpsons. So anyway, anywhere <laughs> DC Comics are sold. Speaking of Ryan, uh, how many more bucks is the comic that you brought? How many more bucks is it worth? It's uh, it's actually a pay what you want on PanelSyndicate.com. Do the, they accept the book more bucks? Uh, they accept zero dollars. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's so the same yeah, as same, more more same, bucks. Same exchange rate. I just want to hear Ryan someone, say more can bucks. Someone draw like it, it doesn't take one, any more bucks to buy this buck. book than none. More bucks. Um, that's the Alan, new official currency new. for our show, by the way, is more bucks. More bucks. How <laughs> many <laughs> more bucks is it worth? That's better yeah. than monkey dollars, which is what we used in college. Uh, all right. So the name of the book I brought oh. is called Umami. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Monkey dollars. Okay, is this a reference to something? No, right. Ryan, yeah, Ryan has said monkey to... dollars forever. How many yeah. monkey dollars I have is that? Never. We've I've said it on say... this show. Yeah, I've I have... tuned it out. I've heard him say monkey American dollars, dollars. Is, is imaginary dollars. Okay. Yep. What? What? But like in college. In college, we all had meal plans that were paid for with our room and board, and so you could spend "quote unquote" money using your student ID at the student cafeteria okay and they'd be like oh this is six dollars you're like well it's not really six dollars it's six monkey dollars because i can't spend this money anywhere else other than this place uh-huh and so this cheeseburger isn't really six dollars it's six monkey dollars okay and so it was i was 19 why the peak of comedy why monkey <laughs> why not <laughs> Because it's somebody, silly. Somebody what, said it and it stuck. Cause, what cause was the mascot silly. for your college? The Mustang. Why not Mustang dollars? Like a car? Your because, mascot was a car? Because that's what they actually called them. So wait, Oh, wait. The people at the school called them monkey dollars. No, they called them Mustang dollars. Oh, okay. Or, okay, yeah. so now you're lampooning Mustang dollars. Oh, but yeah. monkey okay. dollars just is a fantastic phrase. It really is. I guess. Yeah. I, I enjoy I enjoy Mustang dollars. sounds like something dollars. a 1930s president would say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I pay my children in monkey dollars to it's, do things. There's I tell no, my daughter, there's no, I'll give you $10 to clean look, the bathroom. And then she does it. And then she said, Dad, where's my $10? Here's 10 monkey dollars. It only works once. And then after but that, but it's hilarious that one once time. per task, <laughs> once per task <laughs> per child. Dad, I'm not taking any of those monkey dollars. Okay, yeah, I oh, got gorilla no, bucks. No tip. Yeah. <laughs> make, up, make up another an, another animal currency. I got baboon bucks. All right, <laughs> what's, that the, one, uh, what's the conversion rate between shoot bucks and Stanley Nichols? <laughs> Same as unicorns and leprechauns. <laughs> um. Anyway. No, and no, Chewy. I know what you're thinking. Monkey dollars does not have some nefarious alter alter I, meaning. Because he said not. 1940s. No, no. I, th- I thought you were giving like the oh, like it's no, got some I bad meaning. I didn't think that at well, all. Well, now you're thinking it. Like clerks, and I'm too. here to tell you, it's not. No, I'm <laughs> no. Not. Like clerks too. I have a funny story to tell you after the podcast about okay. clerks too. Anyway, right. that's a movie. Yes, it is. Uh, so I brought a comic book. It's called Umami. It's written and drawn by Ken Nimura. Uh, you may recognize his art style from the book I Kill Giants. Umami dollars. Is it Nimura or Niimura? It's probably Niimura because it's two eyes. Yeah. Uh, that's, how, that's how Japanese works. I'm Niimura um, when I'm blasting. It's available on panelsyndicate.com. <laughs> Sorry. It's about a cook and a chef, and they're in some sort of fantasy world, and they do food-based kind of magic. Food-based. No, quite, it's food-based adventure. Food-based adventuring. Which is, let's Sounds be like honest, a Ryan book. my kind of adventuring. <laughs> Ryan, I have a, a logistical question that is 100% a serious question yeah. and not at all a joke. Uh-huh. 
I have to preface it because I know you're... Wait, does it involve monkey dollars? No, it it doesn't. Um, What is the difference between a cook and a chef? They actually illustrate it in the book. Okay. Is the chef is the one who's doing rare recipe experiments and trying to find long lost recipes. Okay. And the cook is the one who's like, well, what do I got? All right, I'm going to make something. Ah, okay. And that... Okay. And so that's... And and at least in the philosophy of this book, that's the difference between a cook and a chef. I personally... I'm absolutely a cook because that is exactly how I cook dinner every night. Mm. I open my fridge and my pantry, look at what we have, and then dinner is ready half an hour make later. Something yeah. from what you have available. Okay. I don't. I don't typically follow recipes when people are like, "Oh, how'd you make that?" I was like, "Uh, I put some garlic and there's some salt and yep. I use some oil." Like, how much? You know, you know. I just kind of scooped some in. I, I did some season yeah. to taste. I made yeah. a, I made meatloaf that way the other day. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, I mean, and, and and so, but but people who are chefs, because the whole point of a chef come to like Alan's restaurant. Of, it's if you're gonna okay. have a, if you're gonna have a restaurant, <laughs> the recipe has to be duplicatable yeah. exactly every single time. Okay, uh, and that obviously doesn't work if you're just throwing stuff together out of what you've got around. Yeah. All right. Um. So I think that's it. But it is kind of a very uh, reminds me a little bit of like uh, scales and scoundrels. Yeah, a little, yeah, a little in bit. The sense that it's like an adventuring world. This definitely reminds me a little bit more of like a. Um, I don't know. Like this is like this should be a Cartoon Network pilot somewhere along the way. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, it, out there looking for salt. It yeah. definitely has that sort of feel to it, where it just it, it sucks you into that world really fast. Um, I want to know. Why why they want the salt so bad? I don't like, know why there's a shortage of salt. Have you, why only the king? Have you had things salt. with not salt in it before? Yeah, it's, a lot it sucks with no salt at all. Like what? Yeah, it has the flavor. I mean, just like when I when I like make chicken and stuff, I don't add any salt to it. But you do add other stuff. Add like pepper. Uh huh. It's because his mouth is naturally spicy, so yeah. he doesn't need all, right. all the extra spice. I'm just constantly us. salty. <laughs> okay, there it is. There it is. <laughs> found the joke, guys. We found it. <laughs> we dug deep enough. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, it, it, it's cool because it does pose a couple questions. One, why is there a shortage? Two, like, why does she need it so bad? Like, you know, she has some salt in that little salt shaker. Yeah, why is that not enough? Yeah. Like, what are they making? Village? Just saying. Why oh, is that yeah, not enough? Hey, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how feeding a whole village would look. What's I the feel blood like you'd pressure need a lot of salt. there like? Because that's that can't be good. Maybe they, they have really hard water, and so they do need they to have, soften the water. Do they have kidney stones? A lot of kidney stones in this. Maybe from all the, the amount of salt that they eat. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought it was a cool, like, clever little story to just. I don't, I don't know. There's something like just charming about it. I think where it, it's pretty simple and straightforward, and there's not a lot. It's like. Like why? Why are we so invested in following this story while she looks for salt? You know, and I I don't know if that's the art that's kind of pulling you in, or just the the characterization of of you know the characters. But yeah, I I found myself invested in it. <laughs> I thought it was, and I don't mean this in a, in like a bad sense. And it's sometimes a word that can be used. Um, can be used in like a demeaning way. I thought it was very cute. It mm-hmm. was a very cute story, and I, I I enjoyed the the banter between the two of them. I enjoyed their different approaches to cooking. Um, I I enjoyed that one is like, oh, this is disgusting. It's like, yeah, well, it's food. Eat it. Yeah, <laughs> and it can. Yeah. Al- and also, it's good for your feet. Also, could like what did she say? Scrub your feet with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So I enjoy that. I also enjoy just the entire scene with the birds actually speaking. Like, but they're not speaking, but they're talking. You and I are going to have words. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you. We get to have words. What was the other one they said? Uh, there's another part. Of That's that dim. That's, no, there was another part, too. It was like right oh, when they leave. Wait. Oh, you're for it now when the yeah, bird's coming exactly. towards Exactly. Um, so I enjoy I enjoyed that whole bit. I enjoyed that she cooked bread that was so hard that she could walk across it. Like I I I I enjoyed the world of this of this story and I, it made me smile. It was a nice. It was after after reading. I think it was Chewie's uh, Oblivion song. <laughs> yeah, it's heavy, like fun action, but heavy. This was like a nice little. <sighs> like this was a nice little smiley way to end my this comic guy's book reading guy's going time. on an adventure to find his lost brother after all those lost souls were lost in oblivion. This girl likes salt. This girl's <laughs> looking for salt. She's hungry. She's looking for salt. She, she made cook some good. bread. Um, so yeah, that I, re- I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was very, very, a very cute book. I actually kind of want to read more of it because I want to know what happens. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. a super kid-friendly book. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, love, I love stuff like that for, for obvious dad-based reasons. So far, I hate Umi. Oh yeah, Uma. I hate Uma. You bet you like Ami. Yes. Oh, okay. She's the good one. Yeah, that makes sense. You're definitely a planner. You're the DM, not the one that's just gonna run in there and Leroy Jenkins it. No. Wait, what did I say? Wait, which one's Uma? Oh, wait, I don't know. Is it, did I get Uma it wrong? Uma is the little one. No, okay. I reversed what I said. Um, you, Ami. Or I hate. I hate <laughs> Ami. I hate the chef girl. Okay, but she's like the little girl who's a cook. Yeah, she's fine. Because she's a fun character, and you're like, yeah, you do things. You you achieve your dreams. Ami seems kind of pretentious. Yeah, she, she, seems like, royal she seems like she's going to plan. Academy, yeah. She seems um, like she's she's paying well, attention to what's cooking. going on. Have you noticed she keeps saying, well, um, actually. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, I think that's on purpose. Yeah. Uh, what would you guys think of the art? I, it's really interesting because it, it does fit. But on one <laughs> hand, uh, it's, it's very storyboard-ish. Like, oh, they storyboarded this, and then that's the comic. Instead of storyboards, and then going to pencils, and then inks, and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It was, well, we cleaned up the storyboards. Yeah. And it's got a very, very loose, very, um, I don't want to say half done, because that's wrong. It gets everything across that it needs to in minimal lines. Very, very minimal lines. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I think is really, really good in and of itself, because that's not easy to do. And it's detailed where it needs to be, so... I don't know. I, I really enjoy it. It's just another one of those things that I look at it and be like, what am I dragging my feet on? Why am I trying so hard? I could just make this <laughs> and it would get published. I, I think what's kind of cool about it with what you're talking about, it's detailed when it needs to be is there's some panels where it's super chaotic and like messy. Um, and, and I think that works to the advantage of just giving you a little bit more weight to something in a story that's so simple and straightforward. I mean, it's just a bird was chasing her. And then she's getting rid of the bird, but you have that giant like whap, you know, she does with the uh, with the frying pan, yeah. And it just seems so much more epic and so much more weighted than if it was drawn the way that the very next panel is, where the bird is just literally a little V with like feathers and stuff. So I I think I think it's it does the simplicity of it and how it's drawn is really. Oh, man, I, I can't put the words together. Like it does a really good job of just kind of bringing you into a really simple story. You can connect with it. It's a little bit more iconic and simple. And then when it needs to be, it just gets all over the place and really sells you on something that's just a wacky idea. Yeah, agreed. It definitely lends the um, 
the imagination elasticity that it needs. Ooh. I like that. That was a good word. Yeah. You stretch and bend your imagination to fit either what's there, what's not there. And then also to like, like your suspension of disbelief no longer becomes like a thing that you have to maintain. It becomes a thing that sort of comes and goes because it goes from like, oh, this is totally plausible to this is not, but that's fine. Anyway. Well, Baba Dooba Doo, man, that's oh great catchphrase. <laughs> He's just waiting for it. <laughs> I was letting him get his whole thing out. No, you have a really good point, Alan. I don't think it's that. Why do I try so hard? I think this. I think if you were to at, talk, talk to talk to Ken, I bet he'd be like Ken, right? Am I saying that is that's? I'm, I'm yeah, Ken. Ken. Yeah, I bet if you were to talk to Ken, he'd be like, Oh yeah, I, I really hate this, 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 and this, but it's out there. Just gotta yeah. be. It's gotta be when you're good. You're well, good. you can tell this guy has a lot. Like he is a very, very good artist that is able to to create this kind of you know, uh, dynamicism, I guess, with this mm-hmm. amount of art. Like yeah. this, you would be surprised at how much practice would go into making all of this work when it doesn't look as good as you would expect it to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the same artist from I Kill Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the same, the, this, he, this one he's writing and drawing is I Kill Giants. Mm-hmm. He, just, he just drew. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, on Panel Syndicate. So that is... Like Brian K. Vaughn's uh, sort of like let's let's put out some comics for free on the internet that people can pay for if they want to situation. I think there's four issues of this currently, um, but yeah, you go to panelsyndicate.com and you can download it for however much money you're willing to devote to it, uh, and it is black and white. And I thought it was fun. So give the man a dollar. It. Give the man a dollar. At the very least, give him a dollar. It's worth at least a dollar. Yeah, take a look give him, and then give, give him, him a two dollar. and buy him some coffee. Yeah. Give him, give him, give him, give him at least a dollar, two, ten, seven. As much as, as much as you feel you want to give. But if you give zero, that is an acceptable amount according to the website and you will receive a comic. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so that is going to end the first part of our show. Uh, and now we move on to part two of the show, which is called First Prince, in which we read a individual issue, a graphic novel, a comic book run, uh, something that we feel is, uh, is a good uh, getting started point. Uh, sometimes they're older books, sometimes they're newer books, sometimes they're uh, classics to us and classics to everyone in the world. Uh, it's a really good place to start if you've been out of comics for a little bit and are looking to get back in or are totally brand new to comics and have no idea where to start. Um, and Alan, uh, since uh, it was your turn, you brought something for us here. Yeah. You brought a six-issue little mini, well, not mini-series, six-issue beginning of a series here. Yep. Uh, so tell us about this okay, and so why you brought it. It's funny that you should say uh, don't know where to start because this is actually one of the places that I started. Um, if you go way back to uh, episode number one and you listen to our origin stories when I sort of like just dove headfirst into Western comics um, and this I bought the first trade of this because I knew sort of who the Avengers were, but I didn't really have a starting point. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out Brian Michael Bendis created one. Um, like, Here and, you go, Alan. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, sweet. Oh, like I kind of know who Captain America is. I kind of know who Iron Man is. But also this is one of those books that actually... For the same reason I really liked um, Green Lantern Rebirth and Blackest Night, it's one of those things that if you read it with the Wikipedia open next to you, mm-hmm. uh, it gets a lot better because you can start yeah. cross-referencing things and learning things and then figuring out why that scene is really cool and why that scene's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to admit that since the last... I've been a long time. I have this on my shelf because um, I bought it in hardback uh, because at the time Jenna worked at a bookstore, so she got crazy discounts. Nice. So I got this for like seven bucks. Um which is awesome. And, Sick. Uh, and so uh, I got it in hardback and, but I don't think I've read it in like a number of years. So this is the first time 
I've gone back and read this in probably six or seven years. Um, so I forgot what to expect. But I do remember sort of getting on board with learning about all these characters that uh, that I think Brian Michael Bendis does a good job playing with other people's toys. Like going in there and, and really like, okay, so you're going to stand over here and you're going to stand over here and now you're going to fight. Okay, and then we're going to go over here and now you're going to fight. And I forgot how much fighting was in this book. This is definitely... Yeah, mostly fighting. This is definitely a, a cape book with a lot of punching dudes. Um, and there are some punching women's, but a lot of dudes. So anyway, I have things to say about it later, but what did you guys think overall? I'll go. Okay, go cape boy. Uh, I thought, I'll put it this way. I thought this was a much better jumping on point for a series or for a universe or for Western comics than I will say about Blackest Night. Um, oh, I think, for sure. I think this is a good solid, like if you enjoy the Avenger, like if you've seen some of the Marvel movies, but you've never read a Marvel comic, I think this would be a good jumping in point because there's just enough information that you know. And there's also just enough where you go, well, who's that guy? Or what's this? And you got to do a little more research. Um, so as far as like a, what a good example of a, like a standard, good serialized comic book would be from the big two. I think this is a good example of that for me as like, but now that's now separating that and putting myself in comic book nerd mode. I really enjoy this. This read a lot easier for me than blackest night did if we're comparing and contrasting the two. Oh, for sure. Um, and regardless of green lantern, it has nothing to do with it. No, I know. It's just that I guess I, I am more interested in the action that's happening here of like a big prison breakout of all these supervillains um, and like uh, all these people being trapped, like having and but you have all the characters you have a lot. I mean, also, Alan, let's be real. You did hit on a lot of the characters I enjoy. There's Cap, yeah, there's yeah, Iron Man, there's Spider-Man, Daredevil. Um, so all the people, and especially now, I think what's great about this now, if you were to read it is, and if you are a fan of like the MCU stuff in like the, the Netflix TV shows, yeah. you'll have no, you'll know 90, well, not 90, you'll know 80 to 85% of who we're talking about here. I definitely think this book or this run was, uh, definitely one of the inspirations for a lot of the Netflix shows that came sure. out. Mm-hmm. Cause wasn't Bendis in charge of TV or he was involved some sort of extra media stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that if you're a fan of those things and you want to like get a different take on the Avengers, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, and Bendis is... created Jessica Jones and yeah, yeah. But I, yeah. I, I meant she's like... so happy in this book. It was <laughs> yeah. odd to me. It's like, it's why weird. are you smiling so much? This isn't a character right now. Um, then I realized, oh wait, yeah, she does smile a lot more now. Um, so, uh, but what did I, did I, overall, would I say that I liked it? I did. I actually really enjoyed reading this. Um, yeah, it's got all the characters. I mean, that's the thing too. It's also got all the heavy hitting characters that people really care about. Um, I mean, it's got Cap, it's got Iron Man, it's got Spider-Man, it's got uh, Wolverine, Wolverine shows up in there, which is great. Um, it's a really good like last panel where he shows up and you're like, oh boy, things are gonna get. They good. found a really good not Wonder Woman. Yep, sort of. Yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have thoughts on on, on Spider Woman. I have many thoughts that I will share in a little bit. Um, I have no na- idea namely, about what her powers na- are when namely she talks about the, her stance. Yeah. I was like, namely, what the, does she even do? She's like, she not to get fly. on my high horse, but the comment about her costume, I was like, oh boy, guys, let's let's. Move oh forward. man, that <laughs> that <laughs> cover on the third issue is hard. Not oh, even yeah, the cover, so not dated. even that cover, just the comment where she's in the costume. I, I so loved like, Ooh, that part. Hubba, hubba, I lo- wow, I loved that part because because they were definitely. When, when, when was 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 
somebody going to turn into a giant, like a wolf and start banging oh, the man. table with yeah. their fists? It was, it was just perfect because you, you definitely have the whole like, okay, she's in this costume and okay, we know what people are going to say. So we're like, okay, so Tony Stark's going to address it like, hey, uh, PC, political correctness, this, this, this. And then you just have someone just, I, it was, I mean, and this was the part where I'm like, oh, of course it's him that says it. Yes, Luke Cage. Cage, damn. And then it's like. <laughs> I just had oh, a good right. chuckle I at that. Luke Cage was in here. Yeah. Another character that now people So I, I just had well. a good chuckle at that because I'm like, okay, I see what they did. They did the whole, like, okay, oh, no, we wrote ourselves. Okay, we're, we're making it okay. Oh, wait, no, you know what? Fine, let's just get it out in the open. Okay, boom. I took that as like a, okay, okay, we all got, we, we get the picture, let's move on. And except I, I, for, I, I totally agree with uh, you, except for in the Savage Land. When, oh, yeah. <laughs> when every shot of all of the the superheroes who are now stripped of their of their uh, equipment, for some reason she has to be in every shot, no matter which angle it is. <laughs> yep. No matter which angle Look, of the group. What year did this come out, Alan? Two thousand six. Oh, yeah. They knew their market. They knew. They, oh, they knew that this yeah. is before the MCU. They had to. They had to sell this to to, to I mean, nerdy that's, dudes. That's, let's be real. That's still a lot of their market. That's very true. Um, read more comics, guys. You want more comics representation? Read more comics. Um, so sorry, I'm on my high horse now. Um, but other than that, like, no, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun, like, good, solid example of like, yeah, this is a good example of a starting point for comics. Like, it's a solid example. Um, and yeah, this is a- I liked it. It's a getting the team back together trade. It's a, it's a, all right, something big happened. We had already disbanded and all right, everybody let's, let's see here. We're building a new team. We're going to, okay. Yeah. You know, Daredevil doesn't want to do it. Let's see if Wolverine's going to, we're going to join in Wolverine. Who's the, who's the wild card. Who's the one we've never seen before this time. It's Spider-Woman. Let's throw her in there. Hey, let's go fight some dinosaurs. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, you know, it's fun. It's got jokes. Uh, it's I really like the some... bit about, about how you got to crash land when you come to the Savage Land. Yeah, like, you no, don't no, land. perfect landing, and then it, and then it F- still explodes. Fun fact. And then later, Wolverine's like, "Yeah, I got stuck here with my plane it, crash." It's fun, also yeah. fun fact. I, I was reading that on a plane, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, oops." Um, it's also it's also Uh-oh. it's also got some, <laughs> it's got some good story hooks too, like. What's going on with Spider Woman? Who else is she working yeah, with? What's the shadowy cabal so, she's involved yeah. with. I wonder who. I wonder who that could be. I bet it rhymes with. I bet it rhymes with Spider. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So so here, here's here's what I think about it. Um, I I think that this it's a good jumping on point because it does kind of set the stage. And you're like, hey, like things have changed. We're starting over in some ways and. You're you're in on the ground floor. You're one of us. Nudge nudge. You know, uh, to to the readers that are jumping on. Uh, it did f- feel though like there was either not enough going on for it to last six issues, or too much for it going on, too much going on in it to to distill it down to six issues. It definitely felt like there like the first two issues. Um, it, I feel like they could have been combined or something. Um, there was we hit like three or four major shark fins in this essentially. And, and it, it kind of feels like they don't really pay off quite as well. You have the whole thing where it's like, elect- we got to find this electro. We got to find them. And then it, in like two pages, they're like, we found them and we caught them. Okay. Moving on. 
And then there, there's this whole thing with like the purple man. It's like, oh no, the purple man's controlling Luke Cage. He's gonna make him kill everyone. And then it's like, oh wait, you, I forgot you don't uh, have your powers. Classic, classic comic book hit cliffhangers. Yep. Where yeah. the thing that happens at the last page is never actually a problem. Yeah. And it's something that, like, in 2006, serialized storytelling was less of a, <coughs> like it, it. They did this more because they didn't expect you to read it in the trade. Yeah. Because this is because people were just starting to get onto the idea of like, yeah, let's read the collection of this later. That wasn't, this was probably one of the big early, like, hey, let, oh, the new Avengers, that was a whole book, let's just buy the book. Um, and now, like, it's pretty normal to write for the trade, but Bendis was not a writer for the trade. Bendis mm-hmm. loved that that page turn surprise where it's like, leave it on a cliffhanger, let's see what's going to happen next month. I mean, he got that straight from Claremont. And, yeah. And it's, it's, it feels very, like, classic Marvel, like, 80s and 90s Marvel. I, uh, I, but it's not how they do it now. I do think that there are that there is like a good cliffhanger though with like Wolverine when he shows up they resolve that and move forward with it. Um, I I don't know it just felt like they were definitely hop they, they set up like a large problem and wrote themselves out of it very quickly or got out of it very quickly and then it, it almost felt like rather than set up a more subtle problem mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that going forward, what they did is they said, well, we got to match the last thing that was there. And so, yep. oh man, they got captured by, uh, God, what's his face? Not Sauron. Uh, Sauron. Yeah. I was going to say Rodan. Um, <laughs> I mean, Saruman. Yeah. The, 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 Mordor. Um, you know, they got captured by him and then it's like, what? So, <laughs> I, I just felt like what's like, he gonna do so like okay i definitely feel the same way Chewie. i feel like the events in this trade definitely linked and, together but they didn't feel like they linked right. together. and 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 the big shark fin you know they, they introduced it what like two issues in and there was zero following up on it really up until like the very end and even then it, it didn't do much the whole thing with Spider Woman, yeah, and who's she working for, and and you know what's what's the shady like under the table deal that's going on, and there doesn't appear to be much there. So it's it's one of those things where I'm like, I I would have liked to have seen more of that, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, I d- I definitely yeah. feel like this is like 2006 Brian Michael Bendis is way different than 2017 or 18 Brian Michael Bendis. I oh, feel yeah. like he's definitely learned a lot more things, and he's not like trying to cut his teeth on a bunch of other stuff like this is i definitely i i have to go back and look at his sort of uh his his catalog of works but i feel like this is definitely one of the heavier things that he had to deal with coming up uh in marvel because mm-hmm. i feel like this is the first thing that i ever ever read by him but after this his name started popping up everywhere yeah mm-hmm. um and so I, I definitely think that especially with a new avengers book they were trying real hard to yeah. go and actually I thought about this on the way here, Ryan and, and Ian. This read to me like a big, stupid blockbuster action movie. Oh, yeah. Like, it oh, didn't yeah. make no a question. whole lot of sense. There was just a lot of punching and a lot of explosions. And then dinosaurs. And then dinosaurs. Yeah. Uh, and it's like... Alan, I have to applaud the fact that you brought... You had to bring two books this time, and <laughs> yeah. both of them have dinosaurs yeah, in them. They both that. did. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, I will try to do that more. Um, and, and that being said, uh, I think that if you're into that then this would be a really cool book. And I know I love the heck out of this book when I first read it, but the second time reading it through, I'm a little bit put off by the pacing. Um, and honestly, the art is a little off putting also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel the- not just that, not just that spider woman. <clears throat> no, where you can somehow see like 
her chest and all of her butt at the same time. Yeah. But I mean, not, but let's be real though. Nobody's sexier than Foggy Nelson in this. Yeah. Wow. This is in a spawn look at, book. Look at, look at them chins. Yeah. This oh, is, man. this is that, that I, I feel glossy like Marvel. Yeah. But this is pre like glossy. I, I feel like were the there art computers team? back in the I feel like making a joke. So I feel like the art team on not. this book were not synergizing. I feel like yeah. the penciler and the inker and the colorist all had different skill sets and they probably weren't working the best together. Um, because I feel like the pencils must have been outrageously detailed. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Parker looks so weird in this yeah. panel. I mean, and I feel got, like they, they the inker killer in here though. I'm pretty proud of that. I feel like uh, oh yeah, Fool killer. And then uh, I feel like the inker didn't quite know where to black out and where to um, detail, and so that's where some of the faces and some of the anatomy gets a little off because the pencils might have looked a little too smudged and a little too all over. Um, and then I feel like the colorist is really good at capturing like those realistic light expectations, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like they worked for how. I don't want to say I I don't feel like they worked for how stylistic the pencil and inking were. I feel like on a uh on a, on an artist like a penciler or an inker who is really into that sort of well, for lack of a better term, that uncanny valley feel yeah. or or that more human like more photorealistic, this colorist would have been really really mm-hmm. good. But I they were all It's like when they do the photorealistic colors on like recent Frank Miller art. Yeah. Where it's like, no, this needs to be colored stylistically. It'll look cool. But if you try to make it look like super photorealistic, it's just going to look weird because he's not because these he's aren't not trying real. to draw what Superman would actually look like. Yeah. These aren't real humans that you're coloring, but you're trying to color them like they are. And I think some flat colors would have done way better job in this book. Even even with the penciler and the inker staying the same. I think the color sort of where this book falls down the most. Um, but that's just my art take. What do you guys think about the art overall? Yeah, I mean, not, sorry. Yeah, I liked when the Sentry ripped Carnage in half. Yeah, I, no, that was the other thing too. In they're space. like, they're like, hey, all right, man, who's the Sentry guy? And, <laughs> oh man, we got to find out more about him. Oh, and, the and, and, so and they funny. Liter- they not literally to spoil a future they, character compendium, but I'll tell you a brief they, thing about the Sentry. Uh, I'm gonna bring a Sentry book soon. I, I will say this: the, what I know about the Sentry, real quick, and then I'm gonna let you do this, is that he apparently they inserted him in there as if. In the Marvel Universe, as if he was always there, and everybody knew about him. And they act like it's a forgotten Stanley creation. Well, but 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 what but what the thing about it is, Chewie is, and he's so powerful, I guess, and he has this thing in him called the Void. I guess I don't yep. know too much about it, but all yep. I know is he had to erase everyone's memory of him in order to stop this thing inside him from killing everyone. Just think about that for a second. So, yeah, it's pretty good. So fine. <laughs> But what I'm saying is that they're they're pulling it up, right? And me as a reader, not having done any axillary research, you know, just being like, "Oh man, who's this?" And they're like, "Well, we gotta we gotta find out more about this guy and and find him and all that stuff." And, and they literally just say like, "Yeah," but that's we're gonna get to that later. They literally say like, "Yeah, that'll that'll be the the thing we do after we do this," and I'm just like, "Jeez, man, you." Like they're pl- they're planning a trip to Disney World. I, Honestly, I, just, I really think yeah. I really we'll think get, that we'll the writing. I really, I really will love Space Mountain, so, but we'll do that after we. Do I really think that the writing style in comics has changed yeah. since 2006. Very yeah. clearly, because yes. it's not writing for the trade. It's not writing for a six issue collection. 
Uh, it's not also writing for like it, it's it's because that's what we're used to. We're really used to writing for the trade. That's really the the thing. Uh, or like the trade is an arc, and then there's an overarching long longer period arc that the trade makes some progress on. But with what this did is really more like classic, you know, classic '90s and '80s comics, which is we're going to give you one story here. We're going to end it on a cliffhanger that's going to make you buy the next issue, and then we're going to start planting the seeds for stuff that won't pay off for twelve or twenty-five issues. Uh, and and it's, I mean, really, it it it's really similar to um, television shows like a like a CSI type show where there's a story of the week each week, uh, and sometimes there's a two-parter. And then, you know, maybe maybe we get the actual like a couple of bits of the arc over an entire year's worth of issues, you know, to the point that after a couple of years, some of this stuff is going to pay off Uh, because that's how they did it. They wanted people to be long term buyers of the book and they were writing for people who were going to buy all, you know, they're going to 30 issues later be like, oh, I remember that in issue two. I'm glad that I'm, I'm stoked that they finally dealt with it. Not us. who were saying like, well, I read this trade and it didn't wrap that up. What the heck? Yeah, yeah it's true. Because otherwise by now, like in, in 2018, six issues would have put you at the end of some sort of arc. Yeah. Not like ongoing issue, issue, uh, mm-hmm. issue um, problems. So yeah, it does I think put you at the right. end of some sort of arc. In right. This. I, I but, just think but that yeah, it's, it's not as cleanly encapsulated as it would be here in 2018. Well, I definitely feel like, this particular, if I, can, if I can remember correctly, this particular run of the Avengers is what starts you on the road to Civil War. Yeah, I think so. And then Civil War leads into Secret Invasion, which leads into, I think it's <clears throat> Siege, uh, which leads into this, which leads into uh, Fear Itself, but like, and then eventually gets us to um, uh, Marvel Now. And I, I like this is definitely, well, essentially Marvel continuity will continue on forever. And uh, you know what I mean? Like if you go backwards, everything sort of links into itself. This is definitely one of those giant building blocks. And that's why I brought it um, specifically yeah. so we could look back at it and be like, wow, this wasn't great, but look how it influences all this other stuff. Cause yeah. I know we read um, the civil war trade also yeah, we did. and it was the same, but different, yeah. you know? And we talked about, I think we talked about probably all those same stuff in that civil war trade that we talked about here. Um, but just in a different context, because that would have been like 2010. Yeah. So, um, to, yeah. To your question about the art. Yeah. Not, not my style of art. Yeah. Too glossy. Too, oh, yeah. It just, I think you, you put it best that maybe, you know, all, all of these different components were doing what they did very well, but not necessarily together. Um, you know, the, the coloring I think would work better with slightly different, you know, type of penciling and the inking and, and, and all that sort of stuff. I definitely feel like the, um, you know, flat colors would have helped more than hurt. Maybe a little more like solid inking rather than all this attempt at cross hatching, which didn't always go over super well. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's one of those things that you look back on and you go, ah, man, what model was he using for Spider-Woman? Also, <laughs> nobody knows what Spider-Woman's powers are. They're like, she was like an orphan that got experimented on, like sort of like this Weapon X type thing. Mm-hmm. And she has Venom Blasts, that she calls them. Yeah. But they're basically yeah, just... Venom Blast? They're basically like Jubilee fireworks right, that are a little okay. more powerful. All right. Uh, kind of sting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she could sort of fly, but not really. She ended up with like these weird... They, they, they call her Spider-Woman, but Spider-Man 
resembles more spider-like powers than she does. I feel like the only reason they call her Spider-Woman is that at some point they're like, well, if we've got a Spider-Man, we better create a character called Spider-Woman or else Marvel's or else DC's going to do it. So <laughs> I do like, like how they yeah. have She-Hulk and yeah. Wonder Man. I do like the fact Superwoman. that Spider-Man calls her out on that, though. Oh, like, yeah. You said I could use the name. I didn't say you could lend it out. There's like three of you now. <laughs> Ian, you like Spider-Man in this book, right? Yes. Because he is obviously... the. He is way too much the comic relief. Yes. Like it all hinges on him. And he breaks his arm and it's like not a big deal later. Three days later. Yeah. And this yeah. was that weird time too. And after the Sam Raimi movies, they decided that Spider-Man should have natural web shooters. They oh, decided right. just oh, like yeah. the movies. And they even call it out. They're like, oh yeah, the, my my weird organic web shooters are having problems. Yeah. But this is before Very he clearly Bendis <laughs> is not a fan of the weird organic <laughs> web shooters. But also this is where, uh, this is before he loses his spider sense and has to learn Kung Fu. <laughs> that's a thing because that's, he that's his... how we improve spider-man take away things <laughs> I'm, I'm serious like the marvel 2000s note for spider-man was let's just take away stuff yep let's make his life miserable because he's not a kid anymore but we still have to make him sad and angsty <laughs> how do we do that take away the things that he has um yeah so i i mean i would say look if you're new and you want to get a time capsule of books in the early 2000s check it out Yep. It's a fun I, read. Like I, I said, liked sexy Rodan before he became <laughs> Where he's, he's yeah. ta- dinosaur. Talk, talk about your model shots. How many, abs, he, how many abs does he have there? Oh man, he's got like eight? a dozen at least. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's got a sixteen pack. It's a twelve pack. I mean, but he he's like he a soda. He's yeah. like a, he's <laughs> like a, <laughs> he just has that cup of soda. He's, he's a dinosaur, like, uh, okay, a dinosaur Namor. Speak. Yeah, yeah. That's what he is. He's dinosaur Namor. Is yeah. what he is. <laughs> I'm going to be a jerk. I do like the fact that he's a villain with enough sense to just say, kill them and be done with it. Yeah. yeah. And his lackey's like, no, we shouldn't. He's like, you're an idiot. We're all going to die. But I want to do experiments on him. I want to do experimentations. Listen to me and my cup of milk. Look, <laughs> I'm not wearing a shirt. Listen to this me. This is the savage blue, land. Blue and red woman is just hu- hugging me for some yep. reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's illusions that we're in this weird kind of society where just things are acceptable. Like, and there's these mutates, not mutants. He's a McPoyle. Don't get confused. He's in the next book. He's just a McPoyle. He's walking around like half naked with milk. Yep. In a sweaty land. Ryan, there's a uh, there's a movie called I think it's called Invaders from Mars where they ha- they refer to mutants as the word they use they say it's like from like the 60s like a B sci-fi movie like what are they called mutants. <laughs> Mutants. Yeah. That's like in that 50s voice. Anyway, oh, wow. um, so where can people get this, Alan? Any more Marvel comics? Or Pretty that? much. Like I said, it, it's uh, it's sort of a building, sto- uh, building, building block. Stone. Building, like building stone. stone. <laughs> it's kind of like a stone when it is a block. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Because these days, if you went to go read an Avengers book, they say, read the Marvel now because it's relevant. It's now. <laughs> it's it's now. the now sound. I feel like this is definitely a book that like when I have kids... And they're going to eventually figure out what comics are. They're going to go through all my old comics. They're going to read this. And be Here, like, watch this. Read this book that Daddy read where one man gets ripped in half in space by another man. There may be different <laughs> boxes. But like the point is... The yeah, point the is, Alan Moore boxes, books at my, at my house are not accessible yeah. to children. Uh, the point is that he'll, he or she will read this book. Uh, or they. They will read this book. And they'll be like, why is Iron Man weird? Why is this not... Like, who's this blonde guy? That's not Captain America. Because at that point, 
they'll it'll, like it'll be Bucky or, or they'll we have yeah. they'll re rebooted it enough. Yeah, it'll yeah. be something. Where, else. Where's Captain America's beard? That's the Captain. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> beardy cap. Dad, beard cap. what's the comedian doing to the Silk Spectre? Uh, hugging. Let's keep going. <laughs> They're just playing. They're playing. <laughs> They're roughhousing. Right. Oh boy. <laughs> All right, What's Harry Ruffhausen. All right, so uh, let's move on. Now, we we talked about Watchmen. We had to mention that. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's move on now to the third section of our show, uh, called the Four Color Character Compendium, in which we talk about comic book characters, superheroes, supervillains, uh, classic comic book teams. Uh, we talk about the people who make the comics, writers, artists, uh, people who are important to the history of comics. It's equal parts a vocab and history lesson in the world of comics. Some some fun party talk for your friends. You could say, hey. Did you know that Cletus Cassidy pushed somebody in front of a bus? <laughs> uh, he did, though. Go to a cocktail party. Mention comics. See He's, how many. I guarantee you'll be the most popular guy there. These or days, gal. actually, maybe. It was yeah. great that they name dropped him in that new Avengers story, though. Did you know yeah. Cletus Cassidy pushed his grandma down the stairs? <laughs> did you just keep bringing up Cletus Cassidy. Say the name. Cletus it's, it's a Cassidy. real conversation starter. Yeah. People will listen when you say Cletus Cassidy. Or maybe they'll listen about uh, who we're talking about tonight. Alan. Yo. Combo man? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, no, I brought somebody else uh, equally pathetic, but it is not a dinosaur. Oh, that's unfortunate. But that's just by bad. me... That's bad. Just by me prefacing it, you probably know who I'm talking about. Tonight, we're talking about Aquaman. Oh, I can't believe we haven't talked about Isn't that Aquaman. weird how we've never done Aquaman before? Yeah. It's weird. Outrageous. I, uh, <laughs> I definitely re. Uh, I searched it on the website. I know that we have not done Aquaman before. Yeah, right. fish guy, huh? All right. <laughs> yeah. Into it. Fish dude. Speaking of fish dude, I heard a lady. <laughs> Arthur what? Fishman. That's his name. Arthur Fishman. Fishman. <laughs> um, <laughs> Arthur so anyway, Fishman. Uh, Aquaman was originally created by Paul Norris and Mort Weisinger. Is it Weisinger or Weisinger? I'm not Weisinger. sure. Weisinger. Weisinger. Uh, Mort Weisinger. He debuted in More Fun Comics number seventy three. Mm. Ah, these it's ones more even, fun, even more. Oh, they have fun comics over there, but more fun. Wow, Woo. how many more bucks more is that? <laughs> it's a different kind of more, but still. Is this M O O R E? Yeah, yeah that's more how it's bucks. spelled. More fun. No, oh. but like more fun. And then why, we, can, Alan? Why have you not not you, Alan? Alan, why haven't you released a comic called More Fun Comics that are well? Because you don't uh, like fun. Why haven't you released Alan Moore's not listening to this comic? Well, it could be yet. his version of fun. Let's talk about Arthur Curry, the the Aquaman. He sounds <laughs> delicious. Uh, anyway, uh, that was in 1941, believe it or not, um, and it was uh, oh, uh, initially it was like a backup like backup story to some of the anthologies that DC was putting out at the time. They're like, check out the adventures of this outrageous Aquaman. Do you know how I know this, Alan? Uh-huh. Because uh, I think Green Arrow premiered around the same time and we, we were hanging our little origins yep. po- posters in our hallway. We're like, let's put them in the order they premiered. And it's like so close. It's like two weeks of each yep. other. Yeah. Green also, Arrow, we're like, so which one came first? They're that'll both that'll come up in a minute, but also Superboy. Um yep. Uh, initially he was okay. So the character was super different. Jeez. Oh, you okay? <laughs> yeah, Ooh. my chair broke. Ian almost fell out of his chair, but I did. That was a fun. That's a fun time. Woo. Woo. Okay. Right. Uh, so initially he was actually a different character. So, uh, well, I mean, like, all right. Initially he was the son of a great sea explorer, where his backstory was part of like uh, uh his debut backstory was part of a flashback, and it just bas- it just says. Uh, my father was a great sea explorer. If I said his name, you would know who I'm talking about. 
That was how he alluded to that. Um, and his his dad found Atlantis. From what I can gather, it looks like Atlantis. Like he didn't find Atlantis a living city. He found like the ruins of Atlantis. And so eventually, uh, his dad was like, "Well, let's just do research down here," and created a watertight room in one of the towers of Atlantis, and then sort of just like started scouring it, and then trained his son uh-huh. to learn how to live and breathe underwater. Ah, uh-huh, yeah. I wish somebody had trained me. <laughs> like to the point where he trained. They found out how, like through the Atlantean texts, and. Learned how to breathe under, like, extract oxygen from the water and then <laughs> breathe. And also how not to communicate with fish, but straight up how to talk to fish. Like, that was the thing, is he could talk oh. to fish in their natural language. Oh. Nice. Nice. If that was a thing. So he can speak fish. He can speak fish. And that and was the dolphin. original character. That's fish. It sounded like walrus. No, walrus is hey, your accent's way off. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. He's like a southern walrus. I'm. Sorry, I come from the a, northern walruses. That's a Utica expression. <laughs> um. So as you would expect Skin for his, for comics in the '40s, he fought a lot of Nazi U-boats. Um, nice. And he worked with the All Star <laughs> Squadron. Wait, did he fight the Nazis in them, or did he just punch the U-boats oh, away? Gosh, I, hope I would imagine he U-boats. found several ways to like deter them and or explode them. I need to know exactly, Alan, or this segment will Look not it be up. complete. <laughs> this is general knowledge. Thank you very much. Um, general knowledge? Uh, general knowledge. Thanks. And uh, and uh, so, like I say, he worked with the All-Star Squadron. So if anybody has any idea who the All-Star Squadron are. I'll find out right now. I'm great. Uh, and then hey now. And then my notes just say, and from there it was pirates, sailors, shipping lanes, etc. That he kind of just like, <laughs> once there was somewhere Nazis to fight, it was... Yeah, pirates seem right. reasonable. Pirates. <laughs> pirates are a thing that are in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, so eventually, in 1946, he was moved to Adventure Comics with oh. Superboy and Green Arrow. Okay. So of which they were all uh, sort of part of the of the same more fun comics and then got moved to Adventure Comics. Um, in Adventure Comics number 260 in May 1959, uh, he was like officially given a name i guess because he didn't really have one other than aquaman at this point this is where arthur curry comes from okay and they sort of change his origin to instead he was the son of a lighthouse keeper uh and an outcast from atlantis so but up to this point is he just like a man with no name whose father is a famous explorer and then they're like hey my father's a famous explorer he taught me how to breathe water i'm aquaman now I wasn't the adventures of Aquaman. Like that's okay. kind of it. His, so his father in those initial issues probably just called him son. So Come the, here, boy. So yeah. the all-star squad, according to this is members of the justice society of America, freedom fighters and seven soldiers of victory and other solo heroes uh, that were combined together uh, by, te- by a Theodore or I'm sorry, not Theodore by Franklin Roosevelt. Um, and they were asked to form the all-star squadron and fight Nazis. Nice. nice. So it's like, Double nice. Hey, World War II is here. Stop. Fight together. <laughs> Not apart. Yeah. Go, Don't go fight do each it. other. Fight the bad guys. Yeah. Well, no, no. Fight the bad guys more organized together. It's like it's like a precursor. I don't know. It was, it, it was very. It's a little weird. It, it was not really clear. Um, <laughs> so this is like uh, uh, 1959 is when he becomes Arthur Curry. Uh, his dad was a, uh, a solitary lighthouse watchman and his mom was an outcast 
uh, from uh, Atlantis that found her way to shore. And then I guess they quote unquote fell in love and had him. Um, that's <laughs> have you seen the movie, the little mermaid? I think it dramatized. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that's also, this is like, because his mom's from Atlantis in this version, he gets his superhuman abilities. So mm-hmm. now this is where he can like, like be fast underwater and be super strong and telepathically communicate with fish and breathe underwater and breathe underwater. Um, so then apparently, uh, his dad eventually remarried after I think his mom like left or died. I can't remember which, uh, she's out of the picture. She's out of the picture. His dad remarried and they had another son and named him Orm. O R M. Okay. It's not follow up to Arthur. Arthur. Orm. <laughs> Why would they do this? Like I don't not, understand. Not Francis. Well, they said Norm, but they the people at the hospital just filled it out wrong. Yeah, like, oh, Orm. Yeah, it's on right. paper now. We can't really change Orm. it. What's Sorry, his, buddy. What's his name? Arm or something? What's, yeah, like what's, Arm. Uh, what's his name, man? Arm. Or, All right. What was that? All right. Got it. Orm. Got it. Orm. Right. Orm. Right. Orm. O-R-M. Okay. Um, <laughs> surprise, surprise. I just gave birth to a baby. <laughs> surprise, surprise. The normie hated his brother because he was not normal. Uh, they call him Normie Ormy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Boo. Uh, and so, <laughs> in true comics fashion, he grew up resenting him, even though he had to bail him out all the time. <laughs> well, his brother has really cool powers, but he's got a really standard name. Let's swap it with these kids. Really standard kid, really weird name. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, he hates his brother for being special and getting in trouble all the time, but like never ha- having any consequences um, until eventually, for comics reasons, he became an amnesiac oh. and ran away uh, to be lost forever until he returns as Aquaman's nemesis, Ocean Master. Ah, oh, yes. That's yeah, where this, the O is. This has also since been recanted, hasn't it? Uh, oh, yes. Also, yeah. We're going to talk about Aquaman's This is, this various- is the 2.0. Origin. Oh, the 3.0. Gosh. The 3.0, I think, is the next problem. We'll talk about how at. many point O's there are in a sec. Oh, they're like eight? <sighs> Actually, yes. <laughs> really? Eight? Yes. We'll talk about it in a sec. Oh, okay. Uh, so, anyway, um, Ocean Master. Now I okay. know why we haven't talked about Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, uh, about that time, that's when he gets his telepathic fish speak. Um, and also, the need to be in contact with water at least every hour. So <laughs> just carry around a glass. He just needs to be. I think he needs to be submerged. Is the thing he needs to like submerge himself in water at least once every hour, or he will die. Excuse oh, me, waiter. Excuse me, waiter. Do you have a shower? Question in this restaurant. Question, Alan. Yeah. What what year was this version of him? Uh, this would have been around the fifty nine, so late fifties, early sixties. So, so this is right in uh, Jimmy Olsen's or Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, that would explain that cover. With where that cover where he's crawling in the desert. He's where like, Superman, where Superman, he's like, "I'm Superman, please. You have a pitcher of water. I'm going to die." It's like, ha, 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 I don't care. I have this comic. It's great. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. is Jimmy Olsen or Aquaman? It, no, it's Aquaman. It, it's Aquaman. Oh, Aquaman's wow. like, please, Superman. He's like, I have this pitcher of water and I'm holding it up. You can't get it. Wow. It's like every time he'd crawl closer, Superman would step back two more steps. Um, I'll find the cover. It's great. I'll show so, it to you. Yeah. So that being said, he eventually becomes a founding member of the Justice League in the uh, in the 60s as well. Um, for some reason, I guess, because they needed a blonde dude because those were hard to come by at the time. Yeah. yeah uh, they, <laughs> no, no, they, they got somebody from, from a mysterious island. They got yeah. somebody from the city and yeah. somebody else from a different city. So we also need somebody from underwater. Yeah. Because, you know, Atlantis is a thing. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. Representation yeah, uh, matters, Alan. Why is he doing this? What did he? I don't know. Superman was a jerk. 
See if uh, it, it is. is well known. Only one of nice. you. That's ridiculous. I, I've look, I'm looked. I looked on the superdickery.com, which is a pretty great website. Uh, if you're, it's not for children, but it has some pretty funny covers uh, on it and pretty funny panels. So what happens next in the uh, in the, uh, the saga Aqua, of Aquaman? Aquaman saga. saga. Uh, okay, so about this time, everybody gets a sidekick, so he got a sidekick. It's another orphan outcast from Atlantis. Aqualad? Yes. Named Aqualad. Um, he also has Jeff a, Aqualad. He, no, he has, a, he has another actual name, but I didn't write it down because I don't care. Um, <laughs> Consummate professional, Alan. Consummate professional. Consummate Vs. Consummate. Um, so the other... Uh, so eventually he goes... like. They're ba- they're just putting him through random tasks of of uh, being Aquaman and and various adventures until he goes back to Atlantis, and then he's recognized as the son of his mom's name is Atlanta, A T L A N N A. Atlanta. A T L A N N A. Oh, that's his mom's name because comics. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, "Oh, you are the son and the rightful heir. Here, be king." Uh, and then he's king of Atlantis for a while uh, because the previous king had no heirs. And I guess this guy is okay enough to be king. Um, so he takes over as king and he also meets slash marries Mira at this point. Ah. Uh, M-E-R-A, uh, the redheaded, uh, redheaded Atlantean who I think probably gets top building above Aquaman at this point. Uh, not when he's played by, uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, the dude. Call Drago. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but then eventually, so <laughs> he goes back to Atlantis, becomes king, because why not? Marries, meets Mira, and then says, you know what? I don't want to be king anymore. Uh, you advisor, dude. Dr. Volko. <laughs> You're king now. Dr. Volko. Dr. Volko becomes king Is of he Atlantis. Like volcano inspired guy. Like know. underwater volcano guy. Sure. Nice. He's okay. a, he's an Atlantean. He's a he's apparently a good dude. He's like the king's advisor, really. All right. Um, okay. So in the early '80s, we uh, we have JLA like is up in the 200s, and so this is where they try to make Aquaman because essentially all the other members of the JLA have gone off and done other stuff at this point. Aquaman's sort of like the reigning champ of the JLA. <laughs> and so eventually they run him through by proxy <laughs> from two twenty eight to number two thirty. He fights Martians. Okay. Yes. <laughs> he just fights Martians. Martians invade the earth. This is okay. the kind of content that I, that I want. <laughs> From comics, he, he fight Martians invade the Earth, and Aquaman basically, along with the B team, like has to fight off Martians because Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman are all gone. And they're just not there. They're just missing off on other adventures. Do what you will. Like other adventures, more important than the Earth is being invaded by Martians. Apparently, yes. Okay, <laughs> and so he takes like a bunch of the weird. Uh, leftovers and like well I guess we're fighting Martians now uh-huh. but apparently he succeeds uh, and then he reforms uh, the the league um, uh, with Martian Manhunter Zaytana and Elongated Man those are the three people he chooses that have stuck <laughs> around to reform the Justice League of America uh, one of them is not even an American <laughs> it's not even, he's from Mars um, hold on did, did he like 
kill Martian Manhunter's like brethren among him is like, I will spare you to serve me. Well, I think I bow think, before Aquaman. I think Martian Manhunter is that thing where he's like, oh, these are not the real, like these are the other Martians. Well, I'm there's the two good Martians. Martian. There's yeah. the green Martian and the white Martian. Right. Uh, the white uh, Martians and, and the red men from uh, those two. So also because it's 80s America, where else to uh, put your your new uh, headquarters except for the bustling city of Detroit, Michigan? Yeah, ah. because go Steelers, and uh, and so <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, Steelers. What football not a thing? team do you think plays Is it not in the Detroit? Steelers? No, <laughs> it's, it's a Pittsburgh. That's Pittsburgh. Yeah. Also a steel town. I'm not wrong. That's, no, you're right. But I'm also wrong. In Detroit, they make cars. Lions. Go sports. Thank you. Go sports. No bears, though. If anybody watches sports and listens to this podcast, you already know this about me. You're not surprised. Okay. You Uh, you played Detroit, Michigan. Home of I rode the bench. Don't even bring that up. Home of America's automotive industry, which will never, ever, ever experience a crash. Home of America's Marshall Mathers. And Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Martian. Oh, man. Draw a Marshall Manhunter. We'll see. (laughs) Or Martian Mathers. (laughs) Your choice. Someone. Charlie? Alan? Yeah. Somebody get on that. Um, Here's the thing: is he created new bylaws when he did this that basically said, "Okay, if you're going to be part of the JLA, you can't have other stuff going on. You are going to be devoted to the JLA because like I'm not getting stuck with this again." Like a DM who's like, "You need to commit to every two weeks, or yep. else we're not going to play Dungeons and Dragons." Anymore. <laughs> no, otherwise you're just out of the group. That's it. It's like we're going to play without you. We're not inviting you back anymore. <laughs> it's it's like awesome. everybody shows up except you. Um, yeah. And so he created new bylaws. Tucker. Uh, <laughs> And he, he invited some of the B team to be part of the, the new the new JLA, including Steel oh, yes. and yeah. Vixen. So this is where Vixen comes in also. Then he leaves the JLA. <laughs> <laughs> thus undoing everything he said. Well, my, my work here is done. <laughs> One year later, literally in 1984, the, this uh, Martians invader thing happens. In 1985, an, he leaves the JLA. Did he get an employment survey? see yourself with the justice league one year <laughs> one two to five years <laughs> definitely two to five i oh, answer yeah. two to five yeah. next year he's gone <laughs> <laughs> D- he did this so that he could work on his marriage <laughs> i mean oh, that's the thing that's that's the thing uh so Sorry, he left. honey the earth is honey the, you know i mean that's supposed to be real Honey, the, you're more important to me than the safety of Earth. <laughs> yeah, when we're talking about I mean, like, the things that Batman and all of them were doing instead of fighting the Martians. Superheroism is a lonely life. I don't know why they're making Batman marry Catwoman. Anyway, uh, let's continue. Because money. Uh, yeah. okay. Because then they can get divorced and Batman will go back to normal. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, because he'll be depressed and angry again? Yeah, he'll be brooding. Uh, okay. Now I have something to fuel my justice fight. <laughs> what about your dead parents? Oh, yeah. Why did you God. bring them up? Uh, uh, uh. Uh, then crisis on infinite earths happens. Right. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> and uh, once again, he gets his origins refined ah. one more time. Uh, but this time, they sort of stick to the same story. They just tweak a lot of the uh, a little things to make it more refined. Um, Ocean Master gets a proper origin instead of just like his amnesiac brother who disappeared for a little while, um, and he gets his own solo. Uh, solo series that then gets canceled because of creative differences. Okay. So he goes a couple issues there. Ian, to answer your question, 
since from from basically the mid '80s to Rebirth, he's had seven different ongoing series. Every time they basically just try something else. It's like, what if he has a hand? What How if do he get does... this water man to work? <laughs> he he basically. <laughs> My, my he favorite. never works. Maybe we should stop doing Waterman. No. Have you refilled the little water reservoir in his chest? Jeez. So Maybe then it's apparently, clogged with gunk. So apparently they always they 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 try to make him a little bit edgier. So they cut off his hand and they gave him a spear. Well, then then they gave him a cybernetic hook that he could retract. You know, like a pirate. And then, Yarr. then yeah, like get, all the classic pirates, you know, like Blackbeard with his cybernetic hook. <laughs> and then he gets a cybernetic hand or because perhaps, apparently hooks are hard to do things with. Or perhaps Long John Silver with that peg leg that's a laser sword, you know, all the common pirate tropes. Yeah. So then he gets a cybernetic hand, but then they take away his cybernetic hand. And this is the best one. I think I know what you're going. Uh, the next. Lady of the Lake gives him a water hand. A water hand. Water hand that yes. can shoot water, either freezing or scalding, because <laughs> you want to have options, I guess. I want, but, does, did he ever punch anyone with the water hand? Did uh, he put a lot of force into it, or was it just like a, like like getting squirted in the face with like a grocery store squirt gun? Supposedly, <laughs> this is where he gets like he has hydro pump in his hand. He's like Aquaman, use like, hydro pump, and he's going could, Mega Man style. Could it at least? Have I hope he like, said all those things, thus using up so many copyrights. <laughs> yeah. But DC's like, we need to change this could, water hand. Could it have been at least like a thing where like he's like, I'm gonna punch this guy with my water hand and be like, with the power of all of Earth's oceans behind my fist, <laughs> I make thee gone. And like, I hope that by that point somebody shot Aquaman. Yeah. By the time he said all that, but but here's my thing: is he probably didn't, and that would have been like. Way cooler than like water slap. Is it like a morphing sequence, like on Power Rangers? Like you'd have to have a whole <laughs> sequence of the. He'd have to name all yeah. the different oceans <laughs> and all the seas of the earth yeah. before yeah. he could hit. He had to do it every every punch. Oh, so good. Okay, uh, North what Pacific. So anyway, South Pacific. Um, we basically already know a bunch of his powers. He communicates telepathically with fish. He has super strength in some places. Mm-hmm. Some cases he can. Generally, the rule of thumb is if he's in water, he's totally fine. He has no need for land at all. But as soon as he steps out on land, something happens. It depends on what you're reading. Either he needs to be in contact with uh, with water within an hour. Sometimes he can go a couple days. It's like a drink or something. Yeah, it's like it's all over the place. He's had so many different iterations at this point. Pick your poison and, and go with it. If you like Aquaman, there's probably... If you don't like Aquaman, there's probably an Aquaman out there for you. Mm-hmm. That can, being, uh, can he do the thing that like Magneto can sometimes do where he's like, oh, there's water in your body and I'm going to control it to, you know, like the way that Magneto would be like, oh, there's iron in your blood. And like if I'm super powerful today, I can make you like move. Uh, no, but his uh, water hand does have the ability to dehydrate people to death. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I couldn't decide between sweet or sick. With yeah. That one. <laughs> oh, sweet. Sweet. Swick with two Q's. Oh jeez. Uh, so anyway, that being said, I came up with a uh, there's a there's a really cool Reddit post um, about uh, Aquaman vital reading or like recommended reading um, <laughs> by the user DJ Master Doug ninety eight. Oh uh, man, yes. Thanks uh, DJ Master Doug. I mean, he's so a master. I, I picked out uh, I picked master. out four. 
because he seems to he seems to have read it all Aquaman. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go off uh, based on his recommendation. Now. He's like, no, uh, you guys don't get to talk about my water hero. So the <laughs> the first one would be uh, so just like Jeff Johns did with every DC character. He's like, this DC character sucks. Make Jeff Johns write it and see what happens. Uh, apparently, it did really well. So there are four volumes of Jeff Johns written Aquaman. Um, and it's just, if you like Jeff John's Green Lantern or Jeff John's Flash, it's the same thing. It's Aquaman, but slightly different and grittier. Um, so you might like that. Uh, there is a Jeff Parker Aquaman, uh, where apparently he takes a more humanistic side to, uh, to Aquaman. That's like, it's more focused on Arthur, the person rather than Aquaman, the idea. Um, sorry, Jeff, (laughs) but what? Aquaman, the idea. Yeah. Uh, then there's take another the most one. Most interesting thing of Waterman, and and take it away. <laughs> His only just thing. take it away, take it all away. That's like we have a new hero called Volcano, but we don't want him anywhere near fire or lava. Um, <laughs> we want to know the history of Volcano's feelings. Volcano. Uh, <laughs> then there's something called Aquaman Time and Tide. Mm, pardon me. Uh, Time and Tide. Uh, okay. and this one is more like he's a reluctant hero. Like this is where he doesn't want to, he doesn't really want to get out of the ocean and help the humans, but he kind of yeah. does anyway. And Be- because like he's something could happen to him if he gets out of. Okay, he's practical. Yeah, he's he's definitely more like. Also, he's uh, like, that's I guess their world. Yeah, this is mine. Yeah, and so he's he's a little there's more a, of that a little more broody stuff. And then there's one called Aquaman, Sword of Atlantis. Um, Finally, a good name for the yeah. series. All right, Sword of Atlantis. Uh, Aquaman th- splash pool like that's <laughs> this is this is more like uh, if if you want an Aquaman that is totally different this is like a new re-envisioned Aquaman um, you can give this give this one a shot and maybe this is your dude he's like if you want to try something I mean, that's off a, the beaten path it's a great name for a series I mean you sold me on it I was just making fun of him and now I'm like nah, I'm on board with yeah with we'll this. see what's up with the sword yeah so uh, apparently it's just like a total right turn on Aquaman there so anyway that's my uh, recommended reading, and that's Aquaman in a nutshell. I want to write an Aquaman story called Aquaman Whale Song. Okay, <laughs> hey, that'll work. And it'll just be like him communi- it, It'll basically be like, like, um, like Swamp Thing with the green, but it's just like Aquaman and the blue, and just being like, Nah, man, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna chill. I want to write Thanks one called them. Aquaman Reading Reef, and he really just reads a lot of books about the history of Atlanta. Doesn't fight anyone. Oh, man. He also does it with his feet in the water on the side of a beach. Dude, <laughs> Alan, I don't know that I would ever have known so much about Aquaman <laughs> if it wasn't for you. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. You're uh, welcome. I guess. Also, also side note. Uh, well done. Our buddy Jacob's probably listening to this, being like, "You guys are missing the point of Aqua." He loves Aquaman. Oh, yeah. Aquaman's one of his favorites ever. So, Jacob, if you've got stuff uh, to tell us about Aquaman, write to us at our email. Yeah, tell us all us. about Hydro Dude. Yeah, I'm really interested to hear about him. Basically, about from all the information that I that I sort of gathered, it was Agua Ombre. <laughs> I feel like there's really good things about Aquaman, but it's just. Nobody can but make But what it are they, stick. really? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, well, you have the duality, like the personal no, no, no. duality, and you have the the longing for home. And for me, this. I think when you make like him like... a fish out of water story. No, I was not going <sighs> to... Oh, there it is. For me, when you make him like the prince of Atlantis, and like he's got to like maybe... But it's when you 
I know this is going to sound weird, but when you take the Black Panther approach, it's like he's like going to become king and it's yeah. a big deal. And like, but you just put that underwater, it makes Aquaman far just more interesting. Right. I always like the king. stories, like in, uh, I think. Yeah, in, where was that in Black Panther? Yeah. Oh, uh, I feel I always like the stories or the shows that I've seen because obviously Aquaman's been in pretty much everything DC animated where they always did that thing where, well, we have to go to Atlantis and we got to talk to Aquaman. And Aquaman's just like, what are you nerds doing here? I thought I told you not to come back. <laughs> yeah, Stay out of my yard. That's the Aquaman I like where he's like, this isn't my problem. I deal with yeah. 75% of the earth. You guys deal with the rest. Yeah. It's like <laughs> literally. AP is up there actually more than isn't like oil. 90% of the earth. There how isn't much, enough how much Dawn water, soap to clean off 70%? all those ducks. Yes. Okay. It's like I have literally so much to do when there's one of me. There are 150,000 of you. Figure it out. Right. Uh, those are the stories I really like about Aquaman. Um, but he has gone through so many different changes. It is it's hard great. to take it seriously at this point. It is have very you, true. Um, Alan, have you seen uh, Justice League, the movie? No. No. Ian, I know you have seen it. Um, are any of the seven versions of Aquaman what we get in that movie? Sort of. Um, I would say he's very or much the like kind of like Alan. Version. Like, I mean, they don't really go a lot in the whole Atlantis thing, but yeah. they definitely are like at one. They're, I mean, yeah, it goes underwater at one point, and there is a whole there is a sequence in Atlantis. I feel like they have it. to, but go underwater. but but there is very much a like reluctancy yeah. to help until Atlantis is affected. There's definitely okay. that, um, but I would say like. It's like biker Aquaman. There's a part in the movie where Jason Moe is like, all right. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, expect, I, I have expected to follow up with, so, keep on rolling, baby. So, so you Aqu- know what time it is. So Aquaman in that movie is like AC/DC America is in World War II. Where we're like, oh, uh, that kind of sucks, but we're no, Aquaman's like, look, not my problem, man. Yeah, and then stuff happens. Yeah, there's a lot Aquaman's of stuff about like, mother fine. boxes. And it, it, there's a lot of DC jargon. that, But I, I, I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was okay. I got I to gotta watch it still. Yeah. I, I gotta say I would, that I think you I think you'd be pleasantly surprised by it too. It wasn't ter- mm. wasn't the worst, but it wasn't the best. If Ad, our buddy Adam, who hates all the DC movies, like yeah, it wasn't that bad. Like mm. I kind of liked it a little bit. Uh, honestly, Aquaman is one of those characters that I feel like I should really be into because nobody else likes him, and I like liking things that nobody else likes because I hate I like hate things. everything that think that people like. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I know you. So I know your heart. Maybe I'll have to get into Aquaman. I'm just gonna buy a bunch of Aquaman T-shirts. You know what's really terrible, Alan? Batman. I don't like him anymore. Yeah, maybe Batman's maybe you not should. Cool anymore. Yeah, he's not cool anymore. Yeah, sorry. There's such an overwhelming majority there that that's a drop in the bucket for me. That doesn't really count. I should count more that, than them. I'm that, your friend. There's so many good Aquaman <laughs> story arcs. I'm, I'm worth names. more than one person. To you. One. Aquaman, a drop in the bucket. Aquaman, fish out of water. Oh yeah, so yeah. Aquaman, Aquaman another title that has to do with water. <laughs> yeah, Aquaman. Aquaman colon Hydro dude. Yeah, Hydro dude. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you, Alan, for that. Um, so now we move on to the final section of our show, which is uh, back matter, which we end our show with, unfortunately. But we we go out on a big note. Uh, it's kind of the uh, back back end. I was gonna say the backside, the back end of the comic book, where we read letters from you guys. We talk about comic book news and goings on. It's kind of a old whole old general free for all about the comics world. Uh, and uh, we actually did get an email, a proper email. Uh, from our good buddy Charlie, no we haven't heard from him no in a while. Um, Why did you do it? So uh, this is actually Alan. This is addressed to you. The name of this email is Green Maverick. That's the name of the. Oh, Maverick's a great movie. He said, "Okay, <laughs> what? 
It what? is. It's, I'm your it's fun. It's a good no, fun that's, time. That's Tombstone. I know. I know. It's a different movie. <laughs> it's Hell's a good Friday. fun time. Isn't with Mel Gibson? In I prefer the one with the giant spider. Um, <laughs> so Charlie writes to us says, okay, when Alan said Tom Cruise was in the running to play Hal Jordan, my heart sunk. Then he went on to describe the characteristics he thinks Hal must have. Uh, uh, and it was basically Tom Cruise and Top Gun. Hmm. Outer confidence, internal doubt, yep. and tons of bravado. And all of a sudden I kind of get it. Still not sure if I like it as I don't think Tom Cruise now had that has the range that he had as a younger yeah, actor. That might be true. I actually didn't hate the new mummy movie, but I found him hard to believe as a tomb robber with a heart of gold. <laughs> if that's the ca- I didn't see the new mummy movie, but if that's the character he played, I know I won't like it. Tomb <laughs> robber with a heart, heart of gold. gold. I do think, um, uh, Charlie, that you are correct. And I think at the end of the conversation that we had uh last podcast it definitely had me like looking at it a little more sideways than head on and i can see that but i I would have to agree with your second statement which is i don't think that's tom cruise anymore like i I mean they're working on apparently they're supposed to be a a top gun too i i just because two mm, is the number to be now top two gun two (laughs) top two gun uh Here's the thing. At this point, uh, I would think that if it's going to be Tom Cruise, then it's going to be Tom Cruise. And hopefully, I mean, he's a good actor. He's got like chops for sure. So I guess at this point, maybe I'm just a little more worried about the writing than the acting. Maybe I feel like yeah. if they really play to Tom's strengths, then they then he can definitely pull it off. But if they're writing for somebody and they stick, I guess I'm afraid of them shoehorning him in mm-hmm. when it's That's, when the yeah. writing doesn't suit him. Yeah, that's a valid concern, I think. Yeah, and it's sort of like, oh, well, we already signed Tom Cruise. Uh, I guess he'll just have to stretch it a little bit. And then you get that weird, awkward Tom Cruise that's not like the, the bravado and the mm. and the the strength, but more like the, uh, I guess I'm going to be witty. And I'm, I'm afraid of Tom Cruise attempting to be Ryan Reynolds. Mm. Sure. That's like, fair. That would not end well. Yeah, you want Tom Cruise to be Tom Cruise. Yeah, so... Yeah, okay. Maybe I'm maybe I'm at least looking at it differently and and we'll see what happens. So, you're not wrong, Charlie, you're not wrong. All right. Uh actually, funnily enough, speaking of our friend Jeff Parker, he's working on another book uh that is a crossover between two uh comic book properties. Um if you guys thought that Batman 66 couldn't cross over with anything else, watch <laughs> out. You were wrong. In the new series coming out and on July 18th, uh, entitled Batman 66 meets Archie. Oh, man. <laughs> two, two. That's perfect, actually. Yeah, it's a pretty great thing. It's so um, good. So this is actually a comic. It's going to be written by Jeff Parker and uh, Michael uh, Morecki, I think is how you say it. Morecki, I'm going to get with, with art with art by uh, Dan Parent is the name of the guy who's doing the artist. Yeah, he's uh, a classic Archie guy. Uh, those specific uh, details weren't shared. Uh, Parker did tease the crossover will provide some fun story scenarios, including Jughead and the Joker meeting each other. Quoted as if to say, look, we all want to know what Jughead and the Joker make of each other. You know, it's I I haven't been I haven't been able to sleep. 
<laughs> since I thought this thought, and now it'll be answered. Um, and we want to see the romance dynamics of Riverdale High thrown completely out of gear by bringing in Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon, Parker oh, said. Man. And will Pop Tate get ahead of this and start selling Bat Burgers? What? Remains to be seen. But coming out of yeah, July 18th, another Batman 66 crossover uh, with Archie. I, I, I might bring that to the book. I love bringing those ones. And then now there's something so we have. Every time. They usually are. And, and they usually, you guys are like, what is this pop culture thing that Ian we knows do know about? about Archie. Although, by the way, Ryan, Super Action Bros note, but I didn't finish it. I started watching Man from Uncle. I got really oh, yeah. tired and I didn't finish it. Um, and also because I wanted to watch it with you. Pretty fun so far. I think you nice. really dig it. Right. So yeah, we should watch that for Super Action Bros. Uncle Man. Uncle Man. Uh, so speaking of <laughs> Uncle Man. Speaking of Archie and weird choices that they're <clears throat> making of it, the Archie world. Uh, so, you know, they had uh, Archie, Afterlife with Archie, mm-hmm. which was Archie and Zombies. Uh, there was later the book Jughead, The Hunger. Which is about Jughead. When well, they had a, that Sabrina one too, the or yeah. about Jughead being a a zombie. They have the Sabrina one. Yeah, uh, so this new one coming out, Vampironica. Yes, oh, <laughs> on right. board. Let's see, and it's see what's it's going literally on about Veronica being a vampire. <laughs> awesome, but Great. still also a cheerleader. Great, <laughs> a cheerleader. Now see, now Betty needs her own. I'm it's sure. like reverse Buffy. Yep, it basically it's literally reverse Buffy now. Um, and and at some point that'll happen on the show or something. Wolf Betty, there's so many options wolf there. Betty, I see. Uh, I can yeah. see Wolf Betty. Betty Wolf. Uh, speaking go. of speaking of wolves and Wolverine, um, creature from the Bat Lagoon. Did you guys know that 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 uh, besides podcasts where uh, a bunch of idiots talk for several hours about comic books, there are other types of podcasts that are popular out there? Incorrect. Uh, one of the most popular types. We are not popular. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's good. One of the most popular or a more popular type is the like serialized storytelling podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Marvel's in the game now. They have a, oh. a podcast called Wolverine The Long Night. Ooh. And it is okay. a serialized story about Wolverine now. in a podcast. Interesting. Uh, they don't have Hugh Jackman doing the voice, but oh, okay. besides you know, that, he's done playing Wolverine. Oh, please tell me it's Steve Bloom, though. I, I don't know who it is. <sighs> you can ask the internet. It'll tell you. Um. Besides that, in just general comics news, I've been reading some comics. Yeah, uh, I read the the uh, Scales and Scoundrels trade. Yeah, how'd that it's go? Very good. Mm. I highly recommend it. Uh, it gets much much deeper, much more involved in the characters. Keeps having fun. They do go underground into a dungeon like scenario, which nice. is excellent. Uh, it was really good. I also read uh, another trade. What trade was it that I just read? Uh, oh, I read this trade oh. uh, that I will be bringing yeah. soon. Uh, called Rock Candy Mountain, and it takes place uh, amongst hobos? hobos. It yes! does take place amongst it's hobos. Better with a name like in, that in the the like post. Seems like a like World War One, World War Two era somewhere in there. It's it's not super clear. Uh, the devil's involved. Oh, <laughs> this take place in Georgia. Uh, I, at some point, I more, imagine they do go down to Georgia. More importantly, Ryan, they spend some time in Kentucky. Is there a lake of stew and whiskey too? Can That's you paddle all around them in a big canoe? Literally, the story is one of the characters is trying to find Rock Candy Mountain. Oh, wow, it's very good, and it's written and drawn by Kyle Stark, uh, aka or Kyle Starks. He's the guy who did Sex <laughs> Castle. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I also read a book recently. I read. I read Books like regular word books. A I don't know. It book? feels weird to talk about them on Yo, a what's comic a book? podcast. Uh, but I read the Broken. How do you, how do you say it? How do you say it? It rhymes with book? look. Can you pronounce it again for me? Book. All right, the shtick is yeah. dead. Keep going. Book. It is especially weird. It's a comic book book club. Uh, I read the Broken Earth trilogy by N.K. Jemisin. If you're a fan of 
um, science fiction world building. It's really good. It's also got a lot of elements from Steven Universe and the Avatar The Last Airbender, which is really, really good. It's a hmm. good series. Uh, I also just read the first book of The Annihilation, the Area X series from Jeff Vandermeer. That's that movie that just came out with yeah. Natalie Portman that's super weird. Uh, so I just read the first book, and Super Weird is a really good description. It's about this strange, mysterious segment of uh, America, this, this little small part where people go there, and maybe they start going crazy, or maybe they're being infected by alien fungus, and it's really hard to tell. Who's to say? Uh, yeah, it's, it's it. hard to tell. Uh, it's really, really good, though. Uh, so I would highly recommend it. The first book, Annihilation, is a real quick read. It's like 200 pages, which is relatively short for me. Uh, but yeah, just wanted to give you guys an update on my book reading. Cool. Um, so in TV and movie news, Ian, There's de- some. Ian decides, all, I always decide when a new Marvel Netflix series season comes out, I need to catch up on the other one that I missed. So I finished The Punisher, mm-hmm. and boy howdy, some people get punished. <laughs> they get punished real good. Uh, the last couple you episodes- gonna punish you real good. The last couple <laughs> episodes had me going, ooh, like, oh. Like that's it's it's rough, man. It is super violent, um, yeah. as it should be. Um, they don't pull punches though on the violence. It is lots of lots of blood. People are getting shot all the time. Um, it's it was really good though. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's very heavy though. Like it's not like yeah. oh, I feel good after watching the Punisher. You're yeah, like, yeah. oh man, glad I never served in a war. Because yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. uh, so it, my recommendation though is if you like Daredevil, if you like like the Daredevil series a lot, uh, you'll really dig Punisher. Um, it has that same kind of like heaviness vibe to it. Um, and then I started watching the new season of Jessica Jones. I'm about uh, halfway through it right now. Um, it just had a big old like what moment. Um, she's great, uh, really good. Uh, I always like Kristen Ritter uh, as 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 her as Jessica Jones. Uh, they're doing some interesting things with 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 different characters. Still waiting for that moment. Maybe it comes in the season. I don't know. I don't know what happens. So I'm still waiting for them to, to say the name Hellcat and have Patsy Walker be freaking Hellcat. Yeah, but hasn't happened yet. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm getting caught up on my Marvel Netflix shows because I know Luke Cage is coming and I don't want to be behind on that. I want to be ready for Luke Cage. So I'm doing this. Okay, one other Marvel thing, and then I'll be quiet. Um, so Disney announced today, very broad announcement, uh, but Disney released a series of posters today, and this is the one they released for Disneyland, uh, and I was smiling and looking for what? any information I could find on this. Uh, it's this picture right here, <gasps> and it says, Recruitment Begins, oh. and it's got Spider-Man you can see there, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Black Panther. I'm like, but wait, what is this about? And then I looked in the background and I saw the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. That's right. They've officially announced a Marvel expansion to yeah. Disney's California Adventure. Uh, of course, oh, there's actually going to be more than We're one. There was three posters uh, one for Disneyland Paris, one for Disneyland in Hong Kong, and then Disneyland here in California. Sorry, Disney World. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, the only character they could use is Guardians as of right now because Universal Studios. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. At the Disneyland Resort, this is what it says in the in the Disney Parks blog. It says, at uh, the Disneyland Resort, the new superhero-themed land will begin recruiting guests in 2020. So, pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, with even more new experiences to follow. The Guardians of the Galaxy will be joined by Spider-Man and the Avengers in what will become a completely immersive superhero universe. Furthering the evolution of Disney California Adventure Park, this new land will be anchored by the popular Guardians of the Galaxy mission breakout in the adjacent space that is currently occupied by a bug's land. Uh, it's tough to be a bug closed March 19th to make way for this, his, for this new heroic experience. The rest of the land will close in late summer. 
so that's all the information we have now uh, as far as for, for Disneyland in California. Uh, as far as for things going on in Paris, uh, they also uh, mentioned a twenty another a roller coaster there in 2020, uh, replacing their Aerosmith Rock and Roller Coaster. Oh, uh, uh. So uh, that that has been replaced by a Marvel themed roller coaster. Hope it's a full replace and not just a retheme. The rethemes um, are cool. Uh, and no, it's gonna be it's gonna, it's gonna be probably retheme, but I guess they're gonna have some pretty cool special effects and stuff in it. Nice. Um, this will follow an epic experience launching this summer when Disneyland Paris hosts Marvel Summer of Superheroes from June 10th to s- September 30th. You got to say it with a French accent. Uh, no. A <laughs> uh, multi-year expansion plans. And this is, this, is the, this is the poster for the one in, in Paris. That's their poster. Same, oh. same idea. And, the la- and finally, multi-year with expansion plans guy. are also underway at the Hong Kong, uh, Hong Kong Disneyland, including a new themed aerial that would include an exciting attraction where guests team up with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, the new attraction will join the Iron Man experience, which opened in 2017 and is already a major uh, popular attraction at the resort. And this is the picture they have for that one. Cool. So, uh, yeah. It kind of makes sense. Official announcement now that Marvel is actually happening. I, I knew it was coming eventually. Yeah, they had that little Easter egg in the park a while ago. They but, had the Avengers. Thing. Right. But it also seems like, because Star Wars Land has taken them like four Forever. or five years to build. I know a lot of that was having to reroute the railroad in Disneyland, but yeah. like, it seems like. For a whole new attraction, two years doesn't seem like are like doesn't seem like a lot of time. No, not even two years at this point. Like a year and a half, probably. Well, they're, they're taking over Bugs Land, right? So maybe it's just Ant Man Land. <laughs> well, I think that what they're what, from if I'm gonna guess You're tiny now. if I'm guessing from the poster, it's gonna be a lot of Marvel theming, but they haven't really said much about what kind of attraction is going to be. I wonder there. if it'll just be theming at first and then they'll, they'll slowly add more attractions. It's funny. They mentioned an Ant-Man and the Wasp ride. Cause I had an idea involving an Ant-Man and the Wasp ride that I was talking about. And they've also been in the past patents for like a Spider-Man mm. themed attraction that they've Ooh. done where it looks like, like they're trying to figure out how to like make you seem like you're web swinging. Wow. Um, but I also had an idea. I thought like, cause they have a Ratatouille attraction, I guess in, uh, in Paris where it's yeah. like, you shrink down and there's, it's a screen ride, but like you're yeah. going through the kitchen and you're the size of a rat. I'm like, just do that yeah. with Ant-Man. Yeah. Make it less Makes cartoony. it real easy. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, they're, they're building on bugs land, which the whole point is you are a, a tiny bug. Right. Which is, it, it's, it makes sense for them of all the places to get rid of. Like it's the least successful Pixar movie. Yeah. Uh, well, so it's my favorite. Really? But. I'm pretty sure good dinosaur is the least successful okay. Pixar the second, movie. It's the it's second so, least it, successful. It's Pixar so movie. least successful. You forgot about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> I did like that movie. It made me sad. Um, but I imagine because of the way the guardians ride is, there's like a whole parking lot area behind there. It kind of makes sense that they can just take that over yeah. and knock it. Yeah. Cause it seems like they're going to start building entrance here, but it's also going to be like further out. Cause bugs land is not that big. No. Um, especially if you're going to put like a roller coaster in there. Yeah, I have a kitty, a kitty part of California adventure. Well, I'm, uh, from what I understand in the Pixar pier, there's going to be oh, a, a, right, a little Pixar inside pier. out ride. That is the that it's gonna be. I think one of the Bugs Land rides. They just retheme and move over there. Oh, that's weird. So right. anyway, uh, but yeah, I was pretty excited about that because all it said on Marvel's uh, Instagram was recruitment tw- recruitment begins. Check Marvel.com, and I looked at Marvel.com and it said nothing. So I'm like, <laughs> if this is official, it's gonna be on the Disney Parks blog, which I follow. Uh, so by the way, if you also enjoy theme parks, I'm gonna give a free shout out to a podcast they're listening to. Uh, podcast the ride. Check it out. It's hilarious. It's great. It's not family friendly, but it's it's pretty funny. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all I got there on that front. I'm going to, I have one more other thing, but I'm going to, I want to let some other folks talk first. So 
Uh, what else do we got on our list here, fellas? Uh, the Black Panther movie is the most tweeted about movie of all time. Also, it, it is wow. it is also uh, the it, most tweeted about movie of yes. all time. Yes. It is Sick. also, uh, I think, tied or maybe possibly even surpassed at this point, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, Avatar, as far as top number one movie in the box office for five weeks. Wow. So it's pretty sweet. Yeah. It's made a lot of people really like this Black Panther movie, guys. Weird, yeah. Yes pretty good it's, it's amazing really what you do when you get a character that people care about and then make a really good movie about yep it. um speaking of a character that people really care about and not have a good movie based on them constantine hey, hey. <laughs> um constantine apparently um is set to join legends of tomorrow the tv show like as a character oh the to, character from the other series yeah the character oh, the from dude? the other series oh, that's um, weird uh, he's already, well, he already tied in. He already came yeah, in. Yeah, 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 but, now, but like, that's I don't know if I've seen that where somebody who had a solo series stopped having a solo series and then became a series regular on a different show. Yeah, it's what? um, it, it's weird, but he's set to do that if they renew uh, Legends, Legends of, of Tomorrow. Tomorrow. So, all right, fingers crossed because I, I actually really enjoyed that Constantine series. Yeah. Um, I thought he, he played it really well and, and, and all that sort of speaking stuff. Speaking of, uh, I forgot to put this on the note, yeah. but think, speaking of comic book-based TV shows that may not get renewed, there's heavy rumors that this is going to be the last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Really? Uh, yeah. Very, I mean, very, very heavy implications that this is it. Yeah, but that being said, how many seasons has it gone? Five or six. Six? Five or six? I feel like it's been more than that. It, no, it really hasn't. It just seemed like that long um, also, there was a lot of speculation based on a Dan Harmon tweet that uh, Rick and Morty season four uh, has not been uh, asked. They haven't, haven't been asked to make another season yet. No, of course mm. they will. There's so much money involved. I know, yeah. but at this, you think at this point that the Cartoon Network would be like, yeah, please, whenever you guys are ready, please. But they're like, nope, we have not officially been renewed yet or asked back. It's so, hype. It's just probably. It's hype. That's probably. all it is. Either that or them being like, well... I mean, if we ask you to do season four, how long will it take for it to actually come out? <laughs> yeah, either either yeah. that or Dan Harmon's like, well, if you do ask, I have some things I need to talk about. Right, sure. Some green things. Yeah. With lots of zeros. Yeah. More, bu- um, more dollars? More bucks? That's it. More, more bucks. bucks. <laughs> um, Harmon bucks. The, so, talking about bucks and, and lots of monies and stuff like that. Uh, Infinity War, you know that movie? Oh, that's yeah, that's happening. Out. That's it's coming out super soon. Out real Ooh. soon. About a month away. Um, I didn't know we were some, using our made-up names. <laughs> some select AMC theaters are hosting 12 movie Avengers Infinity War marathons. No, uh, do not do it. No. Look, let me just tell you right now if you're considering <laughs> it, as a dad, don't. That's it. That's what if you're a single like twenty something? No, I'm AMC? telling you, as a dad, you're gonna regret. AMC. Just I'm take disapp- me as an You know what? Figure. At AMC, I'm disappointed. Why? I want all of them back to back to Isn't back to twelve. Back all to back of them? To- no, there's there's like twenty two Marvel movies, dude. Okay. We watched them for almost a whole year. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's there's more than twelve. Yeah, the ones that they're doing are. Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Thor, Captain America, The First Avenger, Marvel's The Avengers, Guardians so of the Galaxy, Age, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, Captain America Civil War, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man Homecoming, Black Panther, and Infinity Skipping War. Ant-Man, how dare you? And yeah. skipping Thor 3. Yeah, yeah, the movie's great. Well, because I figure you'll watch skipped, that at home. Did, uh, did you say Black Panther's in there yeah. too? Yeah. They skipped. Um, oh, of course, I leave that in. They skipped um, Winter Soldier too. They also skipped oh, Iron yeah, Man Winter Two. Soldiers. Well, okay, yeah, that's 
They skipped Iron Man 3 also. Again, I'm disappointed, AMC. I want a week-long marathon where you have to live at the movie theater for a whole week. Disgusting. I mean, assuming, I mean, 12 movies, assuming each one's about two hours or so, if they play them back-to-back, that's a 24-hour marathon. Like, it's just... I let's put it this way: Have fun falling asleep during when Infinity I first War. when the when the first Avengers movie came out. I did this whole thing. I watched. Yeah. I watched all the movies leading up to it. I remember people going to do that. I was like, "You're gonna no, you're gonna be sad." You're I'll not be real. I'll it. be real. By the end of the day, I couldn't remember what happened in Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, <clears throat> "It was good." I think I don't. It all blended together. I couldn't oh. really tell you. Um, however, I remember. Well, I was there. I then went to go see Avengers like two or three more times. So I, I had it cleared up for yeah. me. I think I went. I think I took. Uh, Took Chewie here to see it before he was a big comic book guy. We were at oh, Universal no. Studios oh. and we didn't want to get in traffic. I was like, You see the Avengers yet? He's like, No. I'm like, What? So so we saw it. And but yes. I, I was like, I had to make sure I did that. Did you see this movie? Did you see this movie? Yeah. Yes, yes. I watched all of those. Yeah. All right, let's go then. <laughs> um, speaking of movies, uh, New Gods movie to yeah. be directed by wow. Ava DuVernay. Yeah, she's the lady who made um Wrinkle in Time. Yeah, she did Wrinkle in Time and apparently was approached about um, Black Panther and turned it down, and I think also was reportedly approached about a Star Wars movie and turned it down. Interesting. Yeah. So but she picked up Wrinkle in Time. I I don't know. Hold well, on, we're gonna ask Ryan about this here. <clears throat> in yeah, a I was minute. say I I saw Wrinkle in Time in the theaters with my daughter on her the day after her birthday. Cool. Or actually two days after her birthday. And what's your what's your thoughts? Uh, I am an enormous fan of the book Wrinkle in Time, and it was like foundational for me when I was like ten. Uh, so I liked the movie. Uh, the movie is a movie about a girl who's like 13 years old and it is targeted towards girls who are about that age. So did so your daughter really like it? My daughter really liked it. I really liked it too, but I looked at it as, as a, uh, the thing that you say all the time, Ian, oh, I get it. This isn't, this isn't targeted for me. Yeah. 35 year old white dad. This is targeted for my, my daughter. Right. For her generation. It's like and, how and I felt about, uh, what movie was I talking about when we said that? I don't know. All of them. <laughs> yeah. But I, but I still really oh, Brave. Liked, Brave I, is the big one. I, oh, I first yeah. realized that like, oh, this is not, I'm not, this is a mother daughter story. And while I could try to relate to it, this isn't for me. I'll still enjoy it for what it is, but Brave it's still not has good for me. dad feels. Oh, it does. It does. Yeah. But I'm like, again, this is, <clears throat> there's no character in this movie that has like, a situation I, mean, I really and, relate to. And Wrinkle in Time has dad feels, uh, to the point that I teared up in the theater. Oh. So, um, so like it's it's good it's very good Chris Pine's great in it everybody's everybody's really good in it um, the I, I read a review that I think really gets to the heart of who's gonna like and who's not gonna like this the movie uh, the reviews was by Matt Zoller sites who uh, wrote for RogerDeber.com for a long time after Roger Deber passed but the the review caps off with the big climax of the movie uh, uh, ends or or is, resolves by a girl telling her little brother how much she loves him. And that is what it ultimately defeats the evil. And if that sounds dumb to you, don't see the movie. If that sounds oh. awesome to you, go see the movie. All right. I'm actually, uh, actually, and so, would and so I like think that. that that's, I think that that is a, uh, kind of a perfect encapsulation of the movie. And I really liked it. Did it seem like they were gunning to make more of them? Um, you know what? They didn't, they didn't make it too obvious. They didn't put any really obvious hooks in there, but they didn't close anything off either. Cause aren't they like, yeah, there's, there's like six, six books with two different families that are in the same world. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? it's all kind of entwined. Yeah. That whole Madeline Langle universe of yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. being able to time travel just with your mind or uh, time and space travel. Yeah. Dimensional trans. I read this book in sixth grade and it tripped me out. Yeah. It's and then I read the second one to be series. like, 
what what happened to my brain? I want more of it. <laughs> it's good. I, I I'll be honest with you. It was such a mind. Tri- I, I remember bits and pieces of it, but it was such a trip that I was like, this movie definitely distills it. It uh-huh. is it is distilled compared to the book. Um, but I think it distills it really well for a, mm. you know, 2018 audience uh, of, of seven to 14 year old teenage I did, girls. I didn't have it on here because it's not really comics related, but because I'm a Disney nerd, can I take two minutes to Disney nerd real fast for you guys? Okay. But, but that new, Mary, that it, new Mary Poppins trailer made yep, me cry. That does happen. Uh-huh. And that, new, and that new Christopher Robin trailer made me cry too. <laughs> Just tear up. I don't know what it is, but Winnie the Pooh bear, something about poo. <laughs> I don't know what it is, man. When that when they did that Winnie the Pooh movie years ago, when they did like the new lot like hand drawn one, and I watched it, and they had that stupid Keen song in it, and I just heard it. I was like, I like Winnie the Pooh. He reminds me of being young. I also watched that Mister Rogers documentary on PBS. Oh, yeah, I, that, I and I, I yeah, I cried, Ryan. Yeah, I know. I cried a lot. That's why I'm watching. It's okay, Chewy. Also, I didn't know Chewy. This guy over here, Mister Metal, grew yeah, up dude. on. Mr. Rogers. Mr. Who, Rogers did, who didn't as part of Matt. our generation? Or he doesn't man. count. He didn't watch Sesame Street either. He's, uh, he also didn't know what... There's a document... Brian, you'll appreciate this. He's Australian. He Speaking of count. magazines and printed work, there's a documentary about highlights for children it, coming out. Yeah. It looks I figure great. if anybody would be interested in that, it'd be uh, you. I love, I love highlights for children. Hey, guys, guess what? What? Yes. Linda Carter's getting a star on the Walk of Fame. Awesome. Yeah, nice. Wonder Woman getting her own star. I was just there a couple weeks ago. A week ago. And speaking of DC, Nick Cage finally getting to play Superman. Yep, we actually watched the trailer <laughs> for that, for the Teen yeah. Titans Go movie. It's pretty cute. going to be part of the Teen Titans Go movie. Ryan, do you know when that comes out? Uh, it's this jazz? summer sometime. Um, it's I can't believe they're making a Teen Titans Go yeah, movie. as yeah. far as Teen Titans movies go, I don't think it would. Little, <laughs> I didn't think it would be go that would get the movie. Uh, but also, I'm a. I really like Dan Hip's art, and the movie looks like it is. It oh, does Dan like Hip draw that show? Dan Hip is the. He's like the designer on the show. Like I love it, Dan. If that you show watch is, Teen Titans Go, it just looks like Dan Hip. It does art. actually. Now it that looks it like together. his Instagram, and yep. the movie yeah. trailer also. I love Dan. Looks Hip's like art. his Instagram. That that show is actually really funny. It is. It's it's very funny. They did. They did this very self-referential 200th episode. Oh, is that where um, uh, the what's his face, the TV guy, comes out and like tells yeah. them they've been rebooted at least and then once? They, and then they have the the voice actors of each one of the characters as themselves animated into the show, right. and they literally just call it the self-indulgent 200th episode because then they have like the writers and the showrunners of the show on the show as characters, and they have to, and it's <laughs> it's really self-indulgent and like. Clearly, it's full of just a ton of stupid inside jokes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. That show's really funny. If you have the Cartoon Network app, you can watch it. W- yeah. Want to know what else is really funny, guys? The Joker and his new upcoming solo film. Oh, no. Directed by Todd Phillips and right. produced by Martin Scorsese, in which, according according to some research here... The Joker is going to be a washed up 80s comedian. Sounds about right. In this movie. Sounds about right. And Scorsese's. That's Killing Joke. Scorsese's film, The King of Comedy. That was going to be (laughs) referenced. Is uh is reportedly a major influence on. Have you ever seen the, the King of Comedy? Yeah, yeah. that movie is great. It's yeah. super underrated. It's really bizarre. It's like a dark comedy from Martin Scorsese. It's great. It's it's just it's oh man. I just I don't it's know. Weird. I, I read that though. and I'm like, I'm, 
Robert De Niro plays a funny person, and he's not playing a funny person like in the like the Meet the Parents movies where he's like, I'm stern and funny. He's like legitimately disturbed. Yeah, it's Um, great. But yeah, apparently their 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 reports are saying this close, this close to ironing out final details uh, for a contract with Joaquin Phoenix. All right, well, we'll see how Uh, that goes. As the Joker, yeah, yeah, as that version of the Joker. Speaking of movies that look fantastic, um, but like for yeah. real, Avengers Infinity War trailer looks awesome. Yeah. We could but spend a whole the, 45 yeah. minutes on that. Po- poster's not great, though. Just go. Poster's yeah. lazy. <laughs> just go watch the trailer for Go it. watch the trailer. And just <laughs> watch Cable stare down the human torch. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I, cable stare down the human torch. Yeah. yeah. Watch blue, purple-faced Cable stare uh, down bearded human uh, torch. Yes. I saw a tweet that compared the Jokes. Avengers Infinity War tri- uh, poster to like '90s rap mixtape covers, mm-hmm. which would just have a like an airbrushed it's version of every single person on the mixtape. Yeah, I have two more That's brief good. pieces of things. I, no. I saw one by the way, Ryan. That was people were wondering where um, Hawkeye was during all these trailers. So somebody just made a poster where it's all just Hawkeye. <laughs> nice. Just every single just person. A thousand is pictures of Jeremy Renner. Oh man. Uh, I also saw one that was. It was all pictures of Waluigi. Perfect. Yeah, and, and it a said Wario. Infinity Wa. Yeah. <laughs> and it had a, it had a Wario in the background. Yeah, I saw that one too. I'd like to see a poster that's for Infinity War and it's the same exact layout and like everything's the same except for all the characters are gone and there's just one Hawkeye but make him look lonely. Oh. Um I did I did hear by the way that Deadpool 2 is having some reshoots. Really? Uh, not because things are bad, but because the audience response to uh, to Cable and to Domino was so overwhelmingly positive that they were going to go reshoot yeah, more. Yeah, I, I heard that the screen <laughs> tests for it were even more positive. Like the testing screenings that they did were even more positive than the original screenings for the first one. Yeah, and like, really? They're just like, oh man. I also heard uh, Ready Player One uh, premiered at South by Southwest, and I've heard a lot of really good things. Like they said, they actually pulled it off. Like it was, it was pretty fun you so. mean 80s thing the movie yeah have you read the book no I'm you'd, going you'd to. like it you'd be you'd be into it even I probably though it's would super, be. Except for super just the lists of pop culture references. yeah but here's the thing I'm it's tar- it's it. targeted to us yeah so you'd be like just yeah. go with it just know it's popcorn just eat the popcorn from what i understand like i know the premise and i read the first chapter and i'm like this would be a good D campaign too Mm-hmm. I would find the things. I would happily. Yeah, there's definitely that. a guy. with less references, um, obviously. But. One more final thing, even though it's not a big thing, I kind of skipped over it. But um, they released a trailer, and it just came out. Actually, limited release, from what I could find. Uh, I killed giants. Uh, the trailer's yeah, been man, released. Uh, the trailer's interesting. Um, spoiler alert: If you haven't read I Kill Giants, stop listening to our podcast right now, or pause it, and then go read it, and then come back. Um, because the it really plays it up like real as opposed to what we find out in the book, which is like, it's a really personal story. It really is playing up almost like wrinkle in time is where it's about like, it makes it look really action packed and like, Oh, it's all this crazy stuff's really happening when really it's a story about feelings and dealing with, with problems and stuff. So I don't know. It, it's chewy. I think you you said you were worried about it. No, I didn't say I was worried. I'm just, I, I don't know how to feel about it based on the trailer. Like I understand you can't necessarily just be like, and here's what it's about. Cause that's my, my complaint about like the majority of trailers is like, here's the stuff and here's what's going to happen. And, and you're going to just see it happen. Um, but 
I don't know that it's necessarily that they did the movie wrong. It's just one of those things. The more I look at it and the more I, I, I think about what the story is about and the more I think about how it's represented on the page, I'm wondering, you know, if that can be translated to the screen live action in a way that doesn't lose some of its its gravitas without coming off as like cheesy in some ways you know i i i feel like okay you know as, as you're afraid at, of it losing the point losing the point or you know something like that and and yeah you know i, I mean in animation i guess you can you have a little bit more free reign you know there's a little bit more gray area there um so it just depends on how they execute certain things i guess you know and and that that is yet to be seen gotcha um, all right. Well, I believe that's all of our news. Whew, it's a long episode this time, folks. But uh, before we go, we want to give you a preview of the books we'll be reading next time. Guys, uh, the next books that we're reading are all very serious and incredibly important. Yes. And it's, I'm just kidding. Uh, next time we're doing an <laughs> April Fool's joke. Uh, April Fool's episode. April uh, Fool's on you, we're fools. Fina- we're finally doing it. We're doing some wackier, weirder comics. Uh, Chewy has a pretty good first print picked out, I assume. Uh, I think it's the one you told me it was. Uh, so we're going to do some wacky, weirder comics, and we're having a theme for our uh, Here's My Issue section, which we'll talk about in a minute. But for uh, First Prince, Chewy, what are we reading for First Prince? I've got a different First Prince than what I presented to you. Ooh, okay. And this, you might have to go hunting for some Easter eggs on this one, because it's probably not easy to find. Although I know exactly where to find it for you, Ryan. Um, oh, man. This is weird. Okay. I, I stumbled across this character in this book a long time ago, and I'm like, I gotta wait. I gotta. I'm gonna bring it one of these times. I almost decided to bring it as a as a, a character compendium. I think it just works better as a first print. Um, I am bringing Amazing Man Comics number five. Just one issue. It's it's one issue. It's it's longer. Okay. You know, it has it has some pages to it. Um, but it, it's trust me, it's wordy. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Amazing Comics, Amazing Man Comics number five, which is the debut. um, Oh, man. It it is the debut issue for the hero known as Amazing Man. Okay. Amazing Man debuts in Amazing Man Comics number five. And that's his first appearance. (laughs) This is also known as Amazing Man Comics number five, number one. Is what it's sometimes referred to as. Um, here's the cover. <laughs> Hold oh. on. Was that yeah. what? Is this a? Is this like a gag book or is this real? That Amazing is man wow. comics. Comics. It's a man biting a cobra with his mouth while bound on what looks with, to be seemingly manacles. underwater. Not sure. Uh, yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll learn a little bit more about him and all that stuff. Um. <sighs> writing credits I'm on this it. and all that. Let's see. Um, he, here's what I got as far as it. it's called Amazing Man Comics number five. Um, I, I believe it was released on Centaur uh, in 1939. Uh, volume one, number five, Amazing Man Comics. Jeez, uh, man, who who? This is is uh, pencils and inks by Bill Everett. Um, and I don't even know if, yep, Bill Everett, uh, wrote it as well. Uh, and it, it's, man, 
it, it is interesting. You can find it probably the easiest way you're going to find it to read along. Uh, I believe there are some like Bill Everett, um, like collections and you can find them in there, in there. Um, you can also go to uh, digitalcomicmuseum.com and you should be able to read it. Like it's like digitally archived on oh, there nice. for you. Um, so there's that, there, this, this is the first issue of amazing man comics. So there is a number six, number seven, all that stuff. We're, we're just going to do number one because I've read it. Number before. one, number number five, number I'm one. sorry, number five, number one. Amazing Man Comics number five, which is the first issue in Amazing Man Comics. Um, and it, it is... Uh, this has hurt my brain right now. I, I know. <laughs> I've read it. I have read it in its entirety. What's that website again? Uh, digitalcomicmuseum.com. Awesome. And, and it looks like this. It's like this weird Wikipedia page. There's got a preview button. And if you hit that, you can just read it right there in the browser. Or you can create an account and log in. And they just have like these really old, old comics there. So it's kind of cool if you ever want to just go down the rabbit hole of like old comics. And it is. <sighs> All right. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I'm ready. I'm ready it for is, this. It is nuts, man. All right. I'm ready for this. Um, so for our uh, here's my Centaur issue segment. Publishing. Um, I think. Uh, Fantagraphics has done some like things in in the collections and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But if you if you look for it, look for Bill Everett's name and you'll find it. All right. So for the uh, here's my issue section of the show, we've decided to uh, pick each pick a comic from the from the the run. We've been talking about it a lot for years, but now the time we're doing it. We each picked a, a book from Amalgam Comics, and for those of you who don't know what that is, in the '90s, DC and Marvel made a crossover where their characters and and from either company uh, mixed together to create brand new characters. And if you're confused by that, you'll, you'll be a little bit clear here in a moment uh, when we announce which of the amalgam comics were, were released. And they pretty much did one issue runs of each and every one of these books kind of as a, what if weird crossover. So uh, we're going to go around the circle and say which ones we picked. Alan, uh, who did you pick for, for your uh, amalgam book? What book did you pick? Oh, wow. Surprise, surprise. I had to find whoever fused with green lantern. Turns out, <laughs> In this case, it's Iron Man. So I'm going to be bringing Iron Lantern, number one. There he is. Uh, uh, created by Kurt Busick and Paul Smith. Okay. All right. Chewy, what about you? All right. I am bringing, <laughs> I am bringing Speed Demon, number one. In an amalgam universe, there are three incarnations of Speed Demon. They're all a combination of different versions of Ghost Rider, the Flash, and Etrigan. So here we're going to go ahead and get some version of that. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Speed Demon, number one. The Flash meets Ghost Rider. All right. And Etrigan, kind of. Uh, I, I, I was reluctant to pick the one that I picked cause I didn't want to step on anybody's toes because it's arguably the most well-known amalgam comic. Uh, but I figure I was told I'd see it seemingly by Ryan and everybody, if anyone's going to bring it, it should be me. So I'm doing it. Uh, I'm bringing issue one of a little comic called legends of the dark claw, there it is. which is a combination of Batman and Wolverine. Uh, the main character's name is <laughs> Logan Wayne. Oh man. Uh, and it somehow combines his origin of, of Batman and the origin of Wolverine into one issue. Uh, so this is uh, written by uh, Larry Hama and the penciler is uh, Jim Balent. So legends of the dark claw. Number one, Ryan, what about you? Uh, so I've, I've been debating on a couple of these, but I think I'm going to bring the, the one that's the most 
Ryan, or at least yeah. the most ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to bring Challengers of the Fantastic, number one. <laughs> okay. Such a bizarre uh, Written by Carl Kessel with art by Tom Grummet and Al Vey. It is uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., Fantastic Four, combined with um, sort of Challengers of the Unknown and whatever various science-based teams there are over in the DC universe. They just throw them all in a melting pot. Their their main enemy, Galactiac. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I'm ready Uh, for this. And also Dr. Doomsday. All right. Oh, that sounds great. Awesome. All right. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Join us for next time for a very special April Fool's Amalgam issue. Uh, and we want to, of course, always invite you back to the only podcast where we get a new catchphrase every day out of every single one of us forever until the end of time. Wiggle the doo, everybody. <laughs> uh, I- Zip zap zow. I'm Alan. <laughs> Keep it swig. I'm Chewy. Carpal the darpal. I'm Ian. Book book. I'm Ryan. Stay near mint, everybody. See you next time. This has been a production of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Exclusively at stuffandthingsnetwork.com.